like you. That's, that's hilarious. On. That's great. They're both juniors. Junior, junior, man. Jeez, Louise. And with Paula Paula, I can go hang out with him one day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, room to see, too. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the plan. They're going to do the thing. Great. Congratulations. Uh, oh, they got the – but it's time to bring them in. It's time to t- tighten the noose. It's time to take down the mob. Let's get in there. We're going to have to bring in this new DA. Uh, he's pretty awesome, though. And Gordon says something. Batman disappears. And this is the same thing when I was watching with Jen when Batman disappears in the vo- from the vault. I'm just like, imagine the other shot of the hallway where Batman just quietly running, <laughs> running down the hallway. Well, <laughs> earlier we were talking about uh, how they're all three on the roof in that one scene with yeah. Harvey Dent, uh, Gordon. Yeah. And it's like, Gordon is clearly looking at him disappearing, right? Because like, yeah, they're standing, yeah. Gordon's off to the right. They're both you, standing you have together. To the, yeah, there's a deleted scene and, where it cuts to his perspective and Batman goes, see <laughs> Like, oh, that's how he does it. Yeah. It's so um, funny. Batman finally goes home. Well, he doesn't go home. Actually, that's the whole bit. Uh, Alfred, you know, goes to the bedroom. He's not there. Then he drives out to this, you know, shipping container in the middle of nowhere. It takes the cool elevator down to the new cool Batcave. That isn't the Batcave, but it's the Batcave. Oh, it's the fucking dopest shit. That room right. is just such cool design. And it's awesome. like, it's. I love how something could be over-designed and under-designed at the same time. Because that's a perfect example of this. It is so ridiculously bright. And so just fucking cool. And I love, love how it. everything's just hidden in compartments that just kind to pop up and there's just like one lone Kevin desk in the middle of this giant empty thing that Alfred just hangs out at. So tight. So tight. Batman stitching himself up because he got bit by a Rottweiler. We skipped over that when uh, he was fighting with the Scarecrow folks and the other guy who has the Rottweilers. My dogs are hungry! Um... Uh, so then, yeah, you know, ba- Alfred helps there. He talks about inspiring people the wrong way because they're all dressed like Batman and hockey pads or whatever. And he's like, but maybe this dent guy will be good. From there, we go to Friend of the show, Eric Roberts' trial, Nick. Hell yeah. Just great. Great in this character. You can tell he was having a good time filming this movie the entire time. You know what we I mean? Have, we have cool friends right now uh, available everywhere. Podcast services, YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Watch Nick Scarpino talk to Eric Roberts about his role here in The Dark Knight as Sal Maroney, uh, a mob boss who is on trial in uh, the court uh, there. Uh, there in, in, there's some two-bit hack up there. Uh, basically, like, you know, not he, it's not the guy who runs the operation. It's, like, one of their little underlings, right? It's like It's like if Tim was on trial but Kevin was on the stand. And so, fake Kevin here says, you know what, like, oh, no, I was the brains of the operation. And, well, first off, too, by the way, we introduced that, uh, it, we got uh, Harvey Nett there as district attorney, and he's late to the thing. His assistant, or whatever, his partner is Rachel Dawes there. They have a romantic relationship, and Harvey has a coin he flips, and he says he doesn't leave it up to luck when he looks like he's leaving it up to luck, but it's because, spoiler alert, it's actually a double-sided coin. Nobody's ever noticed this before, that he always wins every time he flips a coin. Nobody would think that. It's great. Uh, anyway, so. He goes up there. He, he the guy says, "No, but I'm the fuck. I'm Kevin. I'm the brains of the operation." Everybody's like, "Kevin, you're a fucking moron. There's no way you could be the brains of the operation, right?" It's like a and he goes, "I got a sworn affidavit," and he's like, "I got a gun." And he sh- goes to shoot the gun, and it clicks and it fails and stuff. So uh, uh, Harvey grabs it, and he punches that guy. He turns around, and he takes apart the gun. He's like, "Glock made in China," or whatever it is, and throws it down. Next time you want to kill a counselor, I just you buy American, and everybody applauds in court. Like, yeah, that's fucking dope. Yeah, that's a cool and thing to say. That's a cool thing to say. Fucking this whole thing's dope as shit. 
they drag out they, they drag out fake Kevin and he's like, but uh, Judge, I'm not Your Honor, I'm not done with my questions. They're like, oh man, Harvey, that's a fucking man. You know what I mean? I'm not even Rachel Dawson. I give. I would just say whatever you want, Mister Dent. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, they leave out. They establish they're in a romantic relationship there. Uh, you know, if you're not doing your job, if, if you're if this is Gotham City, if you're not, if they're not trying to kill you. You're not doing your job right. Ha 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 ha. Uh, from there, Harvey goes back to his office, uh, meets with Jim Gordon, brings him in. Uh, he's like, Jim, you need your kid, Jim, and your daughter, Barbara. <laughs> what the fuck, man? We're not very creative folk. Uh, you, know, you know what? We're simple people. We're blue collar. <laughs> My dad was Jim before me. His dad was Jim before him. His dad was you know Barbara. What I mean? And I guess that's the thing is, you know, like I, I talk a lot of shit here, of course. My, I'm Greg. My dad's Greg. My grandfather was Greg. But... That's just one side. I think it's weird when you have the wife as well. And I'm not saying it's like a gender thing, but it's just like for both, both it's, to be it's named. Confusing. It's confusing. I, mean, I think it's like both your kids. Like, we don't know that the daughter's Barbara from this movie, from this universe. They just don't name her. Yeah, it's ever. true. Do they not? But I thought at some point. No, they don't I say saw shit about his daughter. We have no, 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 just there. They, not only that, but at the end, he was like, at the end, he's like, I'm going to kill you love yeah. most. And they take the, and he's like, God, don't, don't hurt my son. And she's like, what about me? Like, I don't care. Don't we hurt don't my know. son. Nameless daughter. Wait, uh, at one point, <laughs> uh, the wife speaks, and uh, it says Barbara. So like, no, no, we know the wife's Barbara. No, no, I know. But like that that's the only time Barbara was in the caption. I was answering your question earlier. My question oh, so is, the daughter's never, name Barbara was ever referenced. We don't yeah. know. That's and that's, Kevin I'm said. saying that's no. The only it wasn't referenced in, in the... Got you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank you very much. I'm, I'm on the same page now. We're all having a great time. He's agreeing with you. Please take your shirt off. Thank you. Which one? Oh. Which shirt? Jesus. Please go to McDonald's like that just today. That's all been established. He goes back to his office. He meets with Jim Gordon. Uh, Harvey's office is packed with files and stuff because he's actually a hardworking man. He is, he is what Gotham needs, it turns out. And so Jim's a bit standoffish. He doesn't want to let him in on his pie with Batman because he loves having this pie all by himself. And he is, you know, the more people you bring into an investigation, the more chances are it's going to go wrong or whatever. And they got these irradiated bills. You want all these search warrants on these banks, but you won't tell me anything about it. And he's like, I can tell you the name of the bank. And he's like, Listen, you and Batman got a pie business going on, and I'll back it. I want, I want to be trusted, though. I want to be brought in on the trust circle, circle of trust after this. And Jim's like, whatever. Uh, especially another name they called me down there. And, of course, I don't know about that. And, like, of course, you know, you uncreative fuck. Just name your kid the same exact thing overall. Again, one kid <laughs> named the same fine. And we are, we are canonically saying that Barbara is Barbara, all right? That's what we're saying. Here. That's not creative. Andy, can I get a ruling on that? That's true. Thank you. One kid? Totally fine. Two kids? All right, we got to talk I, about. No, kids. I feel like that's cool. Yeah, I, what would they have done for the third kid? Mix their names. Oof. Yeah, yeah, Mix yeah. Mix their names. Jimba. <laughs> Jarbra. 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 I got him anywhere. Combine them. I'm happy you went there. Jimba. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, from there, oh, uh, from there, like we, uh, yeah, uh, Harvey and Rachel go to a nice dinner. Uh, you know, it took me months to get a reservation here. And then, sure as shit, as soon as they get seated and look at these fucking prices in Gotham City, one and only Bruce Wayne shows up, and he's got a woman from the Russian ballet there, and he's like, oh, oh, well, you're here, and you're Harvey Dent. I've heard about you. Let's put some tables together. I don't think you can do that. Oh, we can. I own the place. And does this fucking thing and they're like, ah, oh, that's cool. And this place seems like my kind of place. So I'd, like cool. to, I'd like to go drink a martini here. You know what I mean? Ah, you wouldn't get like a down. margarita from there. No, I would. They would make a terrible yeah. spicy margarita. Oh, I guarantee you. No such thing. Oh, 
Okay. You know what? I rescinded. I rescinded the conversation. (laughs) You're right. All right. Uh, They sit down, and of course, as every conversation in Gotham uh, goes, it turns to Batman. And so they're all talking about Batman, and Harvey's very much all about Batman. And Bruce Wayne is not about Batman because he is Batman. And so he's, like, saying all the same, you know, guy dresses a bat, clearly has problems. And, but like uh, you know, in the the Russian lady's like, who elected him? And Harvey's like, we did by our inaction, by us letting scum rise to the top like this. We're as much to blame for the Batman. And he cleans up our messes, and now you know only work. And, Br- and Bruce is like, you know what? I was talking some shit about this guy, yeah. but this guy like is him. fucking cool. And right like there, he's the like, his jib, yeah, exactly. He's like, Harvey, I like the cut of your jib, and I'm gonna throw you a fundraiser. And he's like, I don't get reelection, go for reelection for three years. And he's like, no, with pals like mine. You'll never need another fundraiser in your life. Like, that, fuck, man. that is the coolest, most Bruce Wayne thing anyone has ever said as Bruce Wayne ever before. But also, like I, this, so do I just put the money in an account? How do I yeah, do yeah, the right yeah, yeah. Prove you're good yeah. with money. Also, uh, you, know, you always have a re-election campaign. Going. Bruce, I'm, worried, Bruce yeah. I'm worried about the taxes. I don't really know how those get yeah. filed. Like, it's like I got a guy. When you get my my tax guy, you'll never need another tax you guy. Hundred percent. The thing about this that I I think that Christian Bale. In this scene specifically, there's a lot of scenes that, that he's he plays quote unquote the the, the douchey Bruce Wayne, but in this one, which I love, did, yeah, I do, but I think he dips a little into his character from American Psycho here. It's a little too much sometimes, where it's like this guy's not likable at all, um, but he does pull it out. He does kind of flip. Nah, quickly, see, I, I fucking out. really really dig it because yeah. I I think it works. I, Jen had the same thing of like, why is he being an asshole? And I was like. Well, no, I, and it's one of those rare things as somebody who's lived, you know, comics for so long. I know, Tim, you have this with G all the time. She has no idea what's about to happen in any of these so movies. Funny. We could predict or tell you from that. And I'm like, well, no, he has to because at any point, if you and I were in Gotham having a conversation and I was like, somebody can only be rich to be, you know, somebody has to be rich to be Batman. Right. And you're like, what about Bruce Wayne? I'd be like, that fucking asshole, that prick, that playboy. Like, yeah. And I, I think we might have even skipped that already. But there was the scene at Wayne uh, Enterprises where he's asleep in the board yeah. meeting where Lau is making the presentation on why they should work together, this Hong Kong guy or whatever. And I'll come back later. But uh, he stands up and him and Lucius have a whole conversation about it. And he's like, yeah, you know. The guy sucks. The books don't check out. And he's like, all right, cool. And he's like, you knew this. Yeah, I knew this. Hey, can you make me a suit where I can turn my fucking head and not get bit by a dog? Sorry, Nick. Uh, it's just one of those things where he hams it up so much and he's such a prick that the the I start to wonder, I'm like, if I were Harvey Dent, I would question why my the love of my life was friends with this guy. This well, they guy like, totally irredeemably shitty. And I she's like, oh, you don't know him. He's just, well, he I mean, take a lot of shots at Harvey. Like, you yeah. were sitting there initially, uh, you know what I mean, and then even when his, his speech, but then he turns the speech into, you know, I do believe in Harvey does, and, and, and yeah. that works out. And I get, I get if you're a politician, you got to kind of rub, you know, you, maybe you don't like every single person 100% that's contributing to your campaign. But it's one of those things where, like, if, if, if I went out with one of my wife's friends and he was just a complete and total prick to me all through dinner, I'd be like, hey – you're okay with him treating you like that? <laughs> like, that's a little bit weird, right? Well, that like, kind of feel like that conversation would have happened. Like, that, yeah. that's nah, the whole thing with Rachel and Batman and it's Christian Bale's well, relationship in this. It's like, I think that this movie, what it does the best is the dynamics of every single character relate to each other. And it's like, when we ever talk about superhero movies or superheroes in general, not even just movies, it's like the most interesting thing is when people's personal lives and alter egos kind of are sure. both working together. And this movie does that on like, seven different levels at all times with the villains and the main characters and the side characters. Yeah. Like, the reason that it, Dark Knight works for me so much is that we always talk about the Return of the Jedi scene where at the end there's the three planes of action. They're all working together. All of them are equally awesome, cool, awesome things happen. That scene happens in this movie constantly. Three times. It never mm-hmm. stops. It yeah. just 
every single thing that's happening, even if it's not an action scene, we're always getting this kind of rise to a fall, rise to a fall, rise to a fall. And it's like, that's all character driven. And I think that that's why I, I, always enthralled by this movie and never real quick if you don't mind me putting on my joker mask here and fucking nailing somebody in the chat clam veronium says dent literally brings this up later in to rachel in bruce's penthouse he begs her not to turn him down for wayne because he's a douchebag granted it's just a line or two clam you go eat fucking shit from your your girlfriend or wife's best friend at a at a dinner where he, you're just being, you're the fucking DA of Gotham and you're just being embarrassed over and over again and see if you wait like a week and a half to bring it up. All right, yeah, that, that would that would be a ride home conversation. Car, me and Nick have these conversations. But like, usually it's Craig. Why did you say that? You embarrassed me. Why did you dress like <laughs> yeah, a Joker? Take yeah. your shirt off. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I, how do we feel about Maggie Gyllenhaal in this role though? Dude, I was I'm shooting in there from the start. I like really? Katie Holmes fine. I like Katie Holmes fine. I think Maggie, uh, maybe it's just what she's given to work with here. It's just more three-dimensional. I don't know. I, I think uh, it's interesting. I, I've, I'm sorry, Kevin, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that we do get a lot more time with her than we got with Katie Holmes. Yeah. And uh, because of that, there's obviously more of a character. But I feel like she's just – I don't like how aggressive she is in the role a bunch of times. Oh, you don't like women being aggressive, huh? That's not what I'm saying. Not very too. Let me, let, me read, let me read some facts about this. Show. Two so thousand was twenty years ago. Not very two thousand of But that's what I joke to for context, everybody. Greg, you can't blame this on the quarantine. We haven't been in quarantine for twenty years. Oh no, I'm not. I'm just saying. That's fucking crazy. Even though Christopher Nolan offered her the part, Katie Holmes decided not to reprise her role. Instead, she opted to co-star with Diane Queen Latifah in. Mad Money the same year. Sarah Michelle Geller, Isla Fisher, Emily Blunt, and Rachel McAdams were all considered for the role before uh, Maggie stepped in. She has acknowledged her character is a damsel in distress to an extent, but says no one sought ways to empower her character, so Rachel's really clear about what's important to her and unwilling to compromise her morals, which made for a nice change for the many conflicted characters whom she had previously portrayed. So I don't I think strike her as a damsel in distress. I mean, I know she's put in that situation, obviously, being thrown out the window, being tied to the bomb and all that shit, but Harvey is, too, in a lot of different ways in the same way. I think I do see her as a – she's a competent DA, assist, assistant district attorney. She's competent at interrogating and playing all those sides of it, and I really do like that when Batman rescues the wrong person and she has that moment of she knows she's going to die. She know, she doesn't flip out. She tries to have that conversation, that final thing of, it's okay going to be okay. You know what I mean? Ah, that's gut-wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is too competent of an actor to deal with the material that they gave her in it. Sure. So I always feel like she's a little off because I think she's a very, very, I think she's a great actor and very deep when she goes into these roles. And this is not a role that I would see her taking. I think it's a little, we're all a little bit more suited toward Katie Holmes. And maybe I'm just a little bit uh, I, I liked Katie Holmes in the first one, and I was a little disappointed when she didn't come back for this one. Um, but I also just felt like she had better chemistry with Christian Bale than they do. I just feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal had great chemistry with Dent, with uh, with Aaron Eckhart, and just zero, just zero chemistry with with Christian Bale in this. And so the love triangle always felt a little bit weird because part of me, like Alfred, kind of is there to be to kind of tell him what's what. And if I were Alfred in this, I'd be like, bro, she's over you. Like, she's just not, she's not into you at all. This whole concept of you thinking you're going to leave the Batman behind, first off, we all know you're lying. You're addicted to this shit because it's dope. And second, 
she's she's done, dude. She's clearly with this guy. Like they're living together. They bought a dog. Like it's a thing. Damn, dude. They're, they're there now. When he picks up the letter at the end, and he's just like, "Whoops, never mind." First like, off, I'm oh. like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is that letter? That's a very important letter." You would letter, not have. You would not. If, if, like, so as much bullshit as Alfred has oh, to go through for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Greg. Nick, what you were you going to say? So what? What were you going to say? What, what did I, I started off? Because it could go either way. I'm so, like, <laughs> oh, I'm so inattentive when it comes to this stuff. Like, do you ever know how many times on Slack you guys are joking about something and I have to bite my lip being like, don't ask him what this is. I don't want to include you on this conversation. That you don't, you're not going to understand this joke no matter what. Just let them, let, let them have this one. I'm just saying, Nick, the love of your life gets blown to smithereens and I come in with a fucking bill from PG&E. <laughs> we'll see how interested you are when I pick it up and walk out of the well, room. First off, right? like this, for one, for sure, Alfred, thank you, but I don't want breakfast. Like, I've, I'm not into breakfast right now. Rachel, you got to eat. you got to keep it. Thank you for the freshly squeezed orange juice. <laughs> got to keep his energy up and get away from the giant open windows. Josh in there is Batman. You have to imagine he's got the polarized thing. No, they're the definitely case, polarized. He's yeah. got a million different things. But, but, yeah. what a I digress. Uh, this is where we set all this stuff up, as we've already said. Um, meanwhile, uh, Maroney's out of the courtroom and in the back kitchen where they're having a meeting of all the different mobsters to talk to Lau, who's been laundering all their money, who knows this is going on with GCPD. He knows that uh, Dent and Gordon are about to bust into these banks and take all the money, so he's already taken all of the money to a safe spot, which is, of course, alarming to these gangster types. Uh, but he's already moved it. He's one step ahead of the game. This is how they're going to do it. This is how they're going to survive this, this rap. And as that happens, of course, the introduction of the Joker begins. Uh, Heath Ledger comes in with his ha, 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 he, 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 ho, ho, ho. Uh, They all want to kill him right away, of course, but he does the magic trick with the pencil, which is just so fucking terrifying and fucking such terrifying. a great introduction of why he would, how he would walk in and everybody would just be like, all right, fucking calm down. He's, he, this guy's insane. Let's see what goes on. Uh, of course, Joker lays it out that this guy, Lau, is a squealer. He knows a squealer when he sees him one, and this guy's going to squeal. Uh, yeah, there's no extradition in Hong Kong. Great, but Batman has no jurisdiction. Yeah. Batman's going to go. Yeah, Batman's going to go after this guy, at which point Lau shuts off his thing. Uh, uh, Joker presents his alternative plan that we just kill the Batman. Uh, everyone laughs at him. If it's so good, why haven't you? If it's, if it's so easy, why haven't you done it? He says, it. "If you're good at something, don't never do it for free." Do it for free. I love. I just love the nuance in in everything and just the range that's presented. And one of my favorite parts. It's such a it's such a small little part of Heath Ledger's role. But when they go, "You're crazy," and he's just like, "I'm no. not." No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Like I love like how bothered he was by that. <laughs> it's yeah. just such it's just such a great performance. Uh, of course, the one guy that is going to try to kill him, he puts a bounty on him, right? Five hundred thousand dead, uh, one million alive, I think. Yeah, uh, but yeah, something like right. that. Uh, he, they go to make a move on him, and Joker stands up and has all the grenades. You know, not doing anything crazy. He's got a bunch of grenades uh, attached. Back up, mother's milk. That's who that guy is. Yeah. You're right. I was like, I recognize him, but I don't know why. Um, he says, you know, clearly you're not ready to think about this. So I'm going to leave my card. And he just leaves a Joker playing card, which I fucking love. Wait, he are leaves. you talking about Laws Alonzo? Yeah. Was he in this? Yeah, his mother. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the guy that like, puts the bounty on him. No, that's Michael J. White. That's a different actor. Really? That's the guy that's like Spawn. Yeah, in HBO. Spawn! That's who he is. Oh. Fuck, I knew he was somebody. I could not place him last night for the life. Yeah, he's awesome. He's been around for a while. That's why I th- it's so funny when um, I think when I interviewed Eric Roberts, he was talking about like how he was like, I got to do this thing with that guy, and they're kind of like they know each other from like martial arts <laughs> stuff back in the day. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, is uh, it Lowe's milk? Oh my god! No, I don't believe it is. Well, I'm looking so into confused. it. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely Michael J. White. Yeah, <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know how to say the middle name, but yeah. It's, 
I, I just I remember him from Spawn. I remember him from Spawn, and then I remember being, being disappointed that it wasn't Keith David, and then coming to the realization that people get old. Because I was like, oh, Keith David's too old to play Spawn now. Mm. And it's unfortunate. Man, yeah. I saw that movie in theaters, dude. <laughs> I saw Spawn <laughs> fucking movie in the theaters with my dad. <laughs> Who would have thought John Leguizamo would play such a good bad guy? <laughs> Why Bob do you always got to talk shit about John Leguizamo? was almost uh, the, uh, the mob guy the in this movie. Oh. oh my God! Well, that would have been that would have been his return from retirement, right? Or mm-hmm. No. All right. So, anyways, uh, the puts the money on. They leave. Uh, as we said, this was already going off. So Gordon and his men have gone into the vault and they find just like a paltry stack of bills, just meant to mock them. Uh, of a radio bill, they kick it. Uh, then. Uh, they go up to the top, the top of GCPD, uh, Dent and, uh, Gordon, and they, the signal's already on, or, yeah, Dent put on the signal, and Gordon ran up there, right, and Batman's already there, and they all fucking argue with each other about this, and how this is all blown yeah. up, and this is all just a quagmire they're in, and yada, 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 yada. Batman's like, don't worry, I'll fucking get him, I'll bring him back. And then he's like, oh, wait, 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 all right, cool. Uh, Bruce goes and talks to, uh, Lucius Fox, and he's like, oh, actually, Lucius has a whole bunch of great dialogue here, right, of like, I gotta say for, you know, yeah, uh, with your normal request, jumping out of a plane is quite easy to solve or whatever. He's like, all right, how do I get back into the plane without it landing? And he's like, ah, there it is. Uh, and, of course, they introduce cool. the Fulton system from Metal Gear Solid, yeah. uh, where they'll kick a balloon up in the air and a plane will grab you, and then you're out of there. And you do that high altitude jumps, all that jazz, because we're going to go to Hong Kong. We're going to get this motherfucker. Uh, this is also where we debut the new suit, right? I'm like, here it is with the tri feet weave. It's got these things that shoot out and do this. Nick Scarpino. And did, uh, this is the point where I was like, what is what is Lucius Fox been been doing? Like, what is his life? They should make a movie like about him because yeah. he's the most fascinating character in this in the whole fucking franchise. He's just this guy that knows about ex CIA tactics and like all this covert shit and like. Well, he's the know, archivist, know. right? So like, it's weird that he went from being the archivist to like running the company. Well, remember, he was on the board for Bruce's dad, so he yeah. was a high up, and then the dude who was in Smallville for one episode demoted Roger him. Roger Howard. Yeah, that's the guy. Demoted him, and then now he's back on top. Sorry, I, I, okay, sorry, I just wanted to Morgan Freeman kill it. It's fucking him. awesome. Oh, okay. so and like, the game. if anyone, like, if I can strive to be someone ever in in my life, it's mm-hmm. Lucius Fox. It's just yeah. like the guy that makes the crazy gadgets. That's my dream. I hope Tim someday you're like, hey man, I need to get auto play. <laughs> I need to get onto a plane. Kevin will be we'll my figure guy. it out, dude. The guy, Bye, guys. Uh, I think we might have missed it. Okay, no, there was a little thing, right, where with the Lao stuff, Lucius had told a little redhead fuck in the company to double through the numbers again and look for him, all right? There's Check him again. Fuck. Well, I'm going to put it back here, right? I don't care where it goes in the real movie. Uh, that guy comes back. He's like, I ran the numbers and did find an anomaly. He's like, oh, no, but the deal's off, which is, again, we're about to get to. And he's like, well, no, it's not. Yeah, it's our numbers. He brings out the the thing of the Batmobile, right? All this money going to applied science. Uh, the, the R&D team disappears on some government thing or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. And Lucius has the other one. Left. Let me get this straight. You think your boss, one of the wealthiest, most powerful men in the world, uh, dresses up at night and beats up vigilantes. And you want to blackmail this man? Good luck. Tim Gates. Fantastic line. Uh, this is a weird fact that I saw that I'm like, it sounds weird to me. I don't know. I don't know if, how true it is. But uh, right. Nolan said that the character of Reese is an allusion to the Riddler, who attempts to reveal the identity of Batman. Much like Edward Nigma, whose name sounds like Enigma, Mr. Reese sounds like Mr. Reese. Yeah. What? Oh. what? Dude, I cool if that guy got that rolling. Like, Nolan was like, you know, my, you might plan out to be the Riddler one day. He's like, fuck, that'd be awesome. Thanks, man. 
Yeah. And he's like, no, we're going to get <laughs> Thanks, <hard> man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how do you say thank you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> from there, uh, the guy who was Spawn is playing pool, and they're like, hey, the, some people killed the Joker, and they want the money. And they bring in the body, and they put it down, and they pull things like, yeah, it's all right, 500 dead. And blah, Joker jumps up, and those guys turn out to work for Joker, and like, blah, they grab guns, and they put the other guys with their guns in their head, and like, blah, Kevin. How did he not laugh? I feel like if I'm pretending to be dead, someone looks no, sure. Kevin, you can't do this. Kevin, you can do a lot of things, but you do pretend to be dead, especially if I'm carrying you, because no one will carry you. I'm going to stick with you just a little bit. No, man. Uh, this is the other great one, right? We get the first of what will be, what, two or three? Well, he tries the third. The first of how he got these scars, right? Uh, explaining that his dad was a drunk and uh, came home with a knife and fucked him up and, you know, why so serious? And then why so serious? Boom, kills that, kills that spawn. Uh, then he gets to something, you're like, we're a small, you know, organization. Oh, aggressive expansion. Breaks the pool cue, tosses it down and says, you know, there's three of you basically, but we have one spot open. Who wants it? Uh, like, and just everything it. he does is just. It's just so good, man. Like, that's just another title last week that you kind of forget about, but the fact that he's going to make three people fight for one person's position is just, it's so fucked up, and it's just, it's perfect. It's And he walks away, he's like, all right, let me know when you're done. Like, yeah, I mean, quite, it's, it's all, so good. Um, meanwhile, then we get our whole Hong Kong soliloquy, uh, where they've got the cargo plane. It's under low radar, they say. Have we come up with an excuse for Bruce Wayne? Oh, yeah. And Ma- Michael Caine's so proud. He's like, oh, yes, sir. And it's that, you know, then it's my, uh, Ma- Maggie and uh, Aaron Eckhart showing up for the ballet, but it's canceled because uh, he, uh, billionaire Bruce Wayne taking the entire dick. Russian <laughs> fucking again, ballet on, on how, yeah. Again, another argument waiting in the car. Why do we how hang out with, friends with this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> just that's clearly a flight toward me. It's not a flight toward you. It's definitely a flight he toward you. He knew when we were going to go see them. I, I was very excited. I told you. Then he made fun of me for liking ballet. I like how much money. It's okay that you don't make that much money. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, that's the deal. He's over there. They're, you know, I like how much the, money you make. <laughs> tell him to put on their own bloody sunscreen kind of thing. The plane goes. Bruce goes. Uh, you know, he they go to Hong Kong or whatever. Uh, Morgan Freeman's in Hong Kong because he's going to personally say no to Lau, which would have been a phone call. But, of course, Bruce needs him for, uh, you know, Drop purposes of distraction. And to do th- See, that's – hold on a second. Though. That's my thing. You say – drop the cell phone. Doesn't he surprise him with that when he comes back and no, gives no, it back? He's like, oh, well, fucking Sonos. So he had two phones, right? He had the one that mm-hmm. he was supposed to drop off, which was, I assume, an EMP. And then he had another one that was shooting sonar scans of the whole building. Yeah, so that's the one through. he's like, this but, one's a surprise. The one that you wanted me to plan is already planted. Because he walks out yeah. and he's like, I already have my cell phone. You must be No, I know all of that. Yeah, so you're saying that he, Bruce Wayne knew about one of the cell phones. Yes. That was going to be an EMP device that he uses again yeah. later. This is okay. where I don't like – this is what Andy was talking about earlier, where it's like a lot of Nolan stuff, so like just don't think too hard about it. Follow the logical train of events that happen here, right? Okay. This cell phone, which they would easily probably figure out was the device that caused all of the electricity in the building to go out, was given to us by who? I don't know. Let's, let's check the file footage. Oh, clearly Lucius Fox. Who does Lucius Fox work for? A fucking billionaire Bruce Wayne who just stole – our fucking, our, our CEO, Lau, uh, Batman. Maybe they're the same person. I don't know. Like, there's too much of a train I, I don't of, think trail of evidence here where I'm like, this is a bad plane. We should but like, that's that. what you jump to. Like, I, you know, they're, if they're so authoritarian to take your phone right there and then you are talking to the man at the top and oh. your phone beeps for some reason that you, like, I, I know that was for us to understand that he had two phones, but, like, 
it beeps, and that guy's like, you're not supposed to have, oh, I forgot I have it. Well, funny, we're taking that now, yeah. and we're probably going to keep, and you just turned we're this gonna, down. Yeah. We're probably going to hold you in a cell for a little bit and figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, or, yeah run the tape back. Yeah, you gave a phone to, yeah, like, that's more of my, my wheels on it. No, that's the thing. Like, when he walks out, and the guy's like, sir, he goes, sir, your phone. I remember you giving me this five minutes ago. And, the, and he goes, nope, I have my phone. I'd be like, uh-huh. yeah, okay, everyone has to that. Anytime you interact with people are walking through here, people are busy. It's like TSA, man. It's like, like, like they're not really, they're not really (laughs) paying A million people are walking through this building, this random building, and Morgan Freeman walks in, who happens to be the CEO of one of the biggest, (laughs) 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 it's like this incredibly important person walks in. All eyes would be on this guy when he walks in this building. That's what I'm saying. That's where you get more leeway, where it's like, oh shit, the CEO of Wayne Corp has another phone that he didn't think about. That's fine. They're like, they're worried about espionage. Maybe, but I'd be like, dude, this guy, I mean, it's corporate. I, I don't know. It just, that was one of those things where I was like, the, 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 for sure the security guard got fired. Also, and maybe they fined him a little bit for that. Cause yeah, was, I, I always read it as there's just like such a divide between what Lau's doing and like the rest of the company. That's like, I don't think that that yeah. whole Chinese company is like corrupt and evil. It's just Bro, like, they, they fucking let him level. hide out on the top <laughs> level and they, they like, he's definitely running the whole company. They're all definitely like, Doing his bidding. Yeah, it's just, it's sure. people, like, you're never going to get past the security I, guard desk. You can't realize the guy the has people to in the lobby are working on contract. They don't know what the fuck's going on. They're just yeah. like, oh, yeah, do this thing, and that's it. Like it's it's loss prevention at Best Buy. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, not only that, I, if somebody, if, if I'm just, it, uh, let's move on. It's not no, worth it. Real, real quick, right, so everything that we just said happens, and he turns him down. A phone call would have sufficed. He, right, Mr. Wayne didn't want you to think he was wasting his time, or accidentally wasting, or purposely wasting your time. Oh, he's accidentally. <laughs> That's a good one, Mr. Uh, Morgan goes down. He gives the phone to Bruce. Explains the sonar shit like a submarine. Uh, and from there, he's like, "Good luck." Uh, this is then we cut to Batman, or well, actually Bruce Wayne up there with no mask on, uh, on top of a giant building in Hong Kong. Puts on his mask, takes out his little grenade launcher, goes boop 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 boop. Sets these things for two and a half minutes on the window, fucking dope as shit, right? And then jumps off like the fucking crazy fucking ass. How far bad he away is. was he? So far. He was so yeah. far away. Like the the gun that he shot the glue stuff with, like I uh-huh. ha, I feel like with the force that was coming in, no way it doesn't shatter the window. Nah, that's why. <laughs> well, either shatter the there. window or you shoot it and it hits the second story window. Not right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. way lower than it should. Have. He knows what he's doing. I will, Nick, I mean, what's your question? Nick, what do you got? You're Nick Henry. Right? I was gonna say one of the coolest things they do in this movie though is they show the tech on him, and that's one of the things I always like. Like you see in multiple shots the grappling hook. Like, it's a gun sitting on his belt. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you see it stacked on his back. And I'm like, that's so fucking cool. That they just the wanted cool, to add that little bit of sound design also. Of just that's these really little cool. things flying, hitting the window. It just sounds awesome. And there's no way we could question his accuracy when he's able to shoot a grappling hook at the end and catch the Joker. <laughs> like, this guy's a great point, He's a head. I mean, jumps off the building, head. flies around the building, smashes into the window. You know, the EMP thing went off. Everybody's in the dark. Loud's freaking out. Batman beats the shit out of some of the guys. Grabs Loud, has them backs over to the window. The cops show up. They see fucking Batman here. He just broke into a Hong Kong building. Took out all these guys. They've got, you know, Loud pinned down. He's, got, he, he's back up in the window. Uh, the, the bombs go off. Uh, Batman shoots behind him with the, the grappling hook, uh, Fulton device. Then the plane swoops in, gets him. They all get yanked out of there. Uh, from there, we're into Gotham City. Lau's, uh, on the doorstep of the, uh, GCPD. 
for the Suns is delivered to Lieutenant Gordon. Uh, from there, he's into the interrogation room with uh, Rachel, giving him the business, and she's asking a bunch of d- different questions and trying to get him to cooperate, and he won't. She's like, well, good luck in fucking county. Like, even the fact that you're here, people are going to assume you're working with us. You might as well work with us. Uh, she leaves the room, or goes to leave the room, he stops. He says he can turn over everything. I'm quite good at calculation. Uh, she, she, he's got names and everything, tying them all together into one big pot. She leaves in the other room, of course. Uh, Harvey puts together this to be Rico. She walks in, here's Rico. She's like, Rico, that's a great idea. You hear Rico like 19 times all of a sudden out of the blue. Everybody understands Rico now. That's how we're getting everything. Do you not know Rico? Uh, huh? I said, do you not know Rico? I did after this movie. I didn't I know before this movie. And that's this viewing I knew after seeing it in theaters in 2008. Anyways, uh, they agreed they're going to do this. That's great. So they uh, then go, uh, uh, Gordon then goes to where uh, our friend uh, is having, uh, Eric Roberts is having dinner in, with a bunch of the other mobsters. And the one mobster who had the dog is like, all right, got to bring in the Joker now. we got to have him kill Batman. Like, he was right. This is the right way to do this. I'm going to call it out right now. Uh, Andy, hit the music for Dolphin's Finest, please. Batman returns to the dark night. It's Gotham's finest secret delight. Secret delights. I think it's just Eric Roberts. Straight That's up. great. Like, wow. like, I agree. Yeah, there's some issues with his character like later when he breaks his ankles and then like it's totally fine after. Uh, it's, yeah, he is. Okay. He just has even, very even strong ankles. He dropped off. Like, that was just a weird thing to me. Of like Batman dropping him off, like it's not going to kill you. It's like there's a lot of luck involved in that going the right way. He could crack his head. There's For so sure. many things that you yeah. have. Uh, but regardless, I, I think that he there's just a look to him of just like especially when you compare him to the mob boss from the last movie, and you're just like, God, this guy's just so much better. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Oh, Robert, yeah. he was my secret delight. I appreciate that. I unanimously agree with you. Um, so then, yeah, we cut to everybody in court and the judge reading off a million different things. And at one point when she's flipping through, reading off that 527 counts of larceny or whatever, grabs the Joker card and like, eh, puts it down and keeps reading. Uh, and they said, do you have any statements to make? And they turn the camera and all the criminals are like, and they're all screaming and shit. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Um, from there, we cut to the mayor's office, who was the guy from Suddenly Susan or whatever, that show uh, with uh, the woman from... Oh, uh, yeah. I'm forgetting He's the name of that lost. Show. He wasn't lost. Yeah, but he was in Suddenly Susan first with... What's her name? Susan. Star oh, Blue Lagoon. Susan. Nick, help oh, me out here. What's uh, uh, what's... Oh, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields. Yeah, there it is. Mm. Uh, she has nothing to do with this other than this guy. He's the mayor, and he's like, I don't know how you got any of this to happen. Like, you know, all these things, it's going to get... It's Gordon and uh, uh, Eckerd in there. Uh, oh, man, you're going to get all these people tossed out, and it's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, listen, it's no, it's great, because, yeah, sure, the main guys make bail, but the other guys are caught in the system forever. You get 18 months or whatever he says of clean streets or whatever. He's right. like, oh, it's pretty fucking good. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, so from there then, uh, you know, good job on that. We're, we're proud of you. Um, wait, yeah, yeah, while they're talking, uh, the dead Batman in hockey pads gets tossed out and slammed oh, into the glass or whatever, right? Terrifying. Kind of bad. Yeah, Not bad about this guy. I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially when they go then to the we get that happening, then we get it in Bruce Wayne getting ready for the Harvey Dent fundraiser, and on TV is the report about this that ha- from Anthony Michael Hall, whatever weird science, uh, that has the the video from uh, Heath Ledger's Joker uh, having kidnapped this guy Brian. Right? Are you the real Batman? And it just has that amazing look at me. Look at me. And I remember being in the theater and like, and I can hear it on my soundbar as well, but like. Yard. Totally, because it is this like, <laughs> I'm he look at me, and it's like the way it like, boom, like locks in, and Brian's performance of looking at him is so good, right? And yeah. basically, he now that Joker's on the payroll for this, he's like, this is the deal, right? I'm a man of my word. 
And people will die every day until the Batman re- reveals his identity. Scary. <laughs> Such scary stuff, you know? Yeah. When, yeah, the, when the thing hits the wall, the glass, you're just like, oh, my God. Totally. Like it almost made me pee my pants a little bit, which would make me need to we go. change my underwear. It's brought to you by MeUndies. Uh, MeUndies believes that comfort is about more than what is touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. You're a total badass, and what you wear should only accentuate that fact. MeUndies truly believes in empowering self-expression. Their pledge for 2020 and beyond. It's called Me Undies Gives, an initiative that supports those who have systemic barriers to their self-expression. By shopping Me Undies, you support causes such as LGBTQ plus communities, mental health and well-being, and women's rights. Uh, Me Undies offers classic colors to ridiculous prints. It's all so you can fully express yourself in your own unique way. I just got some uh, with some koalas on it, and like they remind me a lot of the sexy koala that kind of looked like Nick. And man, that's a that's a lot to take in. Uh, but there's some Harry Potter ones coming out. Oh, Frank's really excited right. about. Uh, MeUndies believes you and your butt deserve more comfort inside and out. That's why there's the MeUndies membership. It's really a great way to love on yourself. Uh, MeUndies has a great offer for you guys for first time purchasers. You get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has. Uh, they're problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll exchange or refund it. No caveats, no questions. Uh, MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. Also, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. Sex. Great sex. Uh, guys, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue. Like the color blue. Uh, blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Uh, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. <laughs> I see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of my good friends actually has been using uh, Blue Chew for a while, and uh, he is super happy with how it works because he was having some, some issues, and those issues... Things of the past now. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it, ship it right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness, and you don't need to leave the house. Uh, right now, there's a special deal for you guys. You can visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the code FUNNY. You just pay $5 shipping. That's B L U E. C-H-E-W.com, promo code FUNNY to try it for free. Uh, Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, remember, that's BlueChew.com. Use promo code FUNNY. Back to the plot. Yeah, let's see Kevin run in here to say, there it is. Look at him. Look at him. There, there it is. Go. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A tiny leg. Mouth shoveled with food. <laughs> Drinking hands. Scurrying back in to get the shot back up. Yeah, that's a good segue right there, big dog. Great, but not perfect. Appreciate it. Nine out of ten, it's going to be hard to beat. All right. Went for my glasses, and I'm not wearing them. Uh, (laughs) Batman, like I said, watched all this on the news. Then he climbs in his helicopter because he's coming to the Harvey Dent fundraiser. So the Harvey Dent fundraiser is going on. Uh, at the top of this, it's not. Is it his house? Because he's get, he's getting helicoptered in from somewhere else. Yeah, we saw him watching the. We said well, he's the house. got more than one houses. Yeah. Okay. House. Well, it seems like Nick and Kevin are saying the same thing, but differently. But it doesn't matter. Um, Bruce Wayne's penthouse <laughs> was shot on the ground floor of an office building in downtown Chicago. During the daytime, the same space was redressed and used as Harvey Dent's press conference. Beautiful. That's amazing. <clears throat> a lot of this is shot on the, on the, the conference. 
Um, anyways, Harvey arrives at his own fundraiser, and he is super out of place, obviously, you know, and Rachel calls it out, of course, you know, that he can take on all these mobsters, but it's going to be these uh, blue bloods that are giving him a hard time. Uh, and so... He's like, oh, yeah, you know, this, that, and the other. And then, the, uh, no, not yet. Then uh, there's a loud noise, and it's a helicopter, and it's Bruce Wayne arriving with three different models, we assume. Beautiful women dressed in different colored outfits. Um, I don't know why I thought that was important to tell you. <laughs> beautiful women. <laughs> that is what I was like. Key information. There's three women, different colored <laughs> outfits. Yeah, very yeah, right, bright colors. Uh, Bruce walks in, gets a drink, and immediately launches into his campaign speech about Harvey Dent. He's like, you know, when Rachel told me she was dating Harvey Dent, I said, the guy from those terrible campaign ads? Again. I believe in Harvey Dent? Come on, Harvey. But then I met Harvey, and I saw the good he's been doing in the city, and I do believe in Harvey Dent, and that's why everybody's here, and we should all take care of him. Yeah, and everybody's cheers and such shits. Um... So then, yeah, uh, they start mingling around a bit, and uh, yeah, so uh, Bruce goes outside and does the throws his drink over the edge. He's not going to drink champagne; he's bad. And then uh, yeah, Rachel comes out. Come on, and she starts. Well, you know, he's got to keep his head quick. Rachel comes out and she starts talking, and you know, is this uh, where we start? The first time we talk about a day could, yeah, a day could come and it could be Harvey's that light, and like I can, you know, take off the cowl and he can. Never we started that whole fucking thing. And that's when Harvey comes out, and he's like, can I, can I borrow Rachel for a second? <laughs> <laughs> burping a bit. You know what it is. You got a little, you got a little, you got to you got to go. Recap juice. Um, I need some recap juice like nobody's business. Uh, it sucks we do these at 11 a.m. now, you know what I mean? Way harder to explain to the old ball and chain. Why are you pass out here? Puking up everything I ate. <laughs> you can only say stomach bu- bugs so many times, you know <laughs> Take you to the hospital. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> must have been the lunch. We're about to have. All right. So Harvey brings her back inside. They get into a conversation where he's like basically, you know, Let's you know. Let's get married. Let's flip for it. And she's like, "Let's be serious." And like, "All right, let's be serious." And she goes, "I don't know." And he's like, "Ugh, you know, and I don't know." It's basically a no. Tell me it's not that Bruce Wayne guy. He sucks. And then Bruce comes in and chokes him out in the middle of it and drags him out. Awesome. Why? Because there's a second point of action that I've completely ignored just to tell you about the penthouse. Yeah, Nick. So okay, how does that conversation go after this? So what happened to me again? Oh, um, I guess Joker's men got you. Joker's men grabbed you. Yeah, so that came up and, and choked you. you okay. Head. Why didn't they take me out? Why didn't they just drag me out there? Because that's what they were looking for, right? Oh, no, they wanted to eat Throw me out of a window. and just mingle. Yeah, he didn't ask her anything because she got thrown out of a window and got caught by Batman. You know what I mean? Like, she yeah, was definitely in the hospital, even though she was fine <laughs> from the fall. Even like a week later, but I'd be like, one of those things- again for me, though? How did I get choked out? How did I get a perfect rear naked choke on me? And then, and then what, what really probably would have happened is... Joker's still up there talking to everybody once the whole scene is done. Let me and out then here. the closet starts to Hello! Let me <laughs> out! It's me, Harvey Dent! Yeah. <laughs> but he's so he's oh, he's for here. no reason. He's here. You know, what does Joker do after this? Instead, what happens is, he, like I had said, all the, uh, a, million, a bunch of different stuff had been happening, like we were talking about, all the threads coming together, right? And so one of the threads, of course, was oh, – oh, it shouldn't say that. Uh, a card gets delivered to the GCPD, right, that has uh, the commissioner's DNA on it, the judge's DNA, and Harvey Dent's DNA on it. 
and and Gordon's like, these are clues. Go take care of all these people, right? Really all the commissioner. Somebody go for Harvey Dent. Uh, Worth, you go for Harvey Dent. Um, and then somebody go get the judge. All right, got it. Uh, commissioner gets the com- – I'm sorry, Gordon gets the Commissioner Loeb, who's like, Gordon, you'll probably never have to know this, but when you're commissioner, you get death threats on the daily. I found the solution a long time ago, brings out a glass and a bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, maybe maybe – was it whiskey? It was a Scotch. brand I'm not – Scotch, I was a brand yeah, I'm not. Scotch, yeah. um, uh, meanwhile, the judge gets to knock on the door with two police officers. They hand her an envelope, like, just get in your car and open it. We don't even – it'll tell you where you're going. We don't even know where you're going. And then, as we'll see, of course, the Wartz crew, of course, luckily, is going to be uh, Joker coming right to it. Uh, so, I love Judge, this. I love this because you – Amazing. I mean, this is another one of those, like, things that I just love in, in a lot of Nolan movies. Um, and a million times I've compared it to the Sept scene in Game of Thrones, and I'll mention that every damn time. But it's just where the something's happening on one – The Sept scene. Uh, where it blows up. The whole Sept blows up with the wildfire, the green fire. Mm. And it's just like they're they're cutting between different parts, showing you you should probably worry about this, and then it cuts to something else, and and then suddenly it's like you should worry about this too, but remember that other thing, and they cut back and it just keeps on progressing, keeps sure. on getting more, and you know something up, something's up, like it's just so involved. Yeah, the judge opens it, it says up, and she looks up, and the car blows up, Joker cards everywhere. Meanwhile, yeah, the he's like, how have they even gotten my DNA? And Gordon's like, I don't know, you know, this, a cup, no, 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 and like, it's too late, he already drank the scotch, and it it tips over and does, like, the dry ice effect. God, God, poison, he's dead. And then, yeah, Bruce chokes Harvey and tells Rachel they're coming for him. It's all going down right now. Shoves Harvey in the thing, puts a broom in it. At the same time, the door opens, it's worked, he gets pushed out of the way, and it's Joker and his crew. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're tonight's entertainment. He's here to find Harvey Dent. Uh, you know, he's going to do all this different shit. He's walking around just killing it. Just fucking crushing killing it. it. You know what I mean? This is another moment of phenomenal acting where it's just like, I, I have to imagine he was just like, you know Harvey Dent? You know Harvey Dent? You know, like just doing yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. off the cuff. And <laughs> Nolan was like, yes, keep that. Keep doing that. <laughs> he takes his champagne flute off. Throws it all, then still tries to so drink it. So aggressively that it goes, that it goes. It's such a great little <laughs> moment where you're like, he just did that. That was amazing. I wanted to. I mentioned last night. I would have loved to have seen this whole sequence just uncut, and just see all the little zany, tiny things that he was just kind of experimenting and trying out with all the different actors, and you know, grabbing the bald guy's head and looking at, like it's just so good, dude. Yeah. So yeah. Great. Um. So yeah, wh- then you get this great scene of Bruce Wayne going back, and there's two people about to get it on or whatever, but they've heard the commotion. Like, what's going on up there? And he just ignores them and goes and hits the thing. Like, oh, you got a panic room, and he goes in it and shuts the door behind himself. I'm like, oh, great. Every time I agree, I think Bruce that's Wayne's Melissa done. Joan Hart, but it's not her. What a great, co- what a great cameo that would be. That would have been for a no reason. Just, I mean, probably take you out of it a bit. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, back on the outside. Uh, Joker's interrogating everybody. He grabs the one dude. Who's, is, uh, is this in your trivia, by the way? We've never talked about this guy before. The senator he grabs. The guy he grabs at the end when he's like, we're not scared of thugs like you. You remind me of my father. I hated my father. That dude, and I, I'll, if somebody wants to do anybody else does a quick Google while I continue with the plot. He is a United States senator, was a United States senator, and he's kind of like the DC Batman film's good luck charm, where he's in an absurd amount of the DC Batman movies. So if you Google him, you'll find it and look into it. But I remember it was a big deal, and he kept coming back in weird little, like, he's kind of like Stan Lee before Stan Lee was a thing, where you could look for him in the movies and find him. Senator Patrick Lee of Uh Vermont. Okay. Uh, Find out how many Batman flicks he's been in for me. Greg, Greg, I will will say, Greg, that. 
um, I'm glad you were right there because this whole movie, I kept on pointing out, that person's a guy. I've seen that person before. Oh, you did turns say out, that. Ne- ne- I mean, I said it for like three different people in this movie, and it turns out I was wrong every time. <laughs> I was over three. I was over damn three, man. Uh, while Kevin <laughs> finds that, wait, real quick, I was going to say, this is the moment where I'm like, why would she do this? Where uh, what's her face comes out? Rachel. And, yeah, Rachel comes out and just suddenly. Because she doesn't this old man's face cut open. Yeah, but I just, I don't, like, I know she knows that Batman, or thinks that Batman's coming, say, yeah. But, like, still, it just seems right? like, it's a really big jump for her character to go to, I don't know. I it agree. Seem I think she just wants to stand up for bullies, because that's what her job is. And also, she knows that Batman sleeps about 15 feet away. So, All right. Uh, and also, he's coming out, like, he's just going to, he, like, she probably also, again, another one of those cuts, like we talked about with Gordon on the rooftop. She, there's, there's missing footage where she looks over, and Christian Bale, dressed full Batman, <laughs> Like, like just slowly walking, <laughs> pushing through the crowd. Over the corner. Like, Is it time to come in yet? She's like, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. More dramatic. Uh, and it, and I, the, the group of people don't make any noise about this. Like, Batman yeah. is walking in like, no, you guys. Hey, they know. They're, yeah. uh, they're all eyes on the murder. That yeah, that's the thing. That, like, and they've also got people with guns in their face. Even the guys like, with the guns are so back. focused by this that they can't look at Batman walking into the room right now. Uh, Maybe they thought it was a Batman cosplay. Like, oh, we got a we got a Batman for this party. That's awesome. Neat. Uh, there's six Batman cameos, including Batman Forever, Batman in the Animated Series, Batman and Robin, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and uh, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Beautiful. Damn. That's Keep what your the there hasn't been another Batman movie. Really. Ah, ah, you got him! <laughs> you got him, my dude! Look at him, dude! He looks, he's red in the face! <laughs> like the mouse part, but... There hasn't been another Batman movie. I guess. I'm alive, by the way, too. I don't even know, I don't even know if Patrick Lee is still <laughs> alive. alive. I don't That's a good point. Uh, anyway, Lee? Uh, so, everything that we just said happens, happens, uh... And then you're going to love me. And Joker and Batman start fighting a little bit. The guys get involved. There's a great scene that's so reminiscent. And I, don't know, I don't know if this is actual, but it was so reminiscent of the 66 Batman, where Joker's hanging back with his thugs, watching the other thug fight Batman. And when that guy gets done, Joker grabs his thug and throws him in to fight Batman. And then he gets a few good hits in, and that's when he, I think he gets knocked down, right? And he does the thing with his shoes and the knives, and he runs over and starts trying to kick him, and they all fight around or whatever. Uh, eventually, Joker realizes in, his over, in over his head, grabs uh, Rachel, walks to the window, uh, blows it out from behind, blows out the window, let and then it, it holds. Yeah, let her go. Poor choice of words. Ha ha ha! Drops her. She slides <laughs> so down. He, Batman runs. He j- jumps. He j- slides down. She's screaming. He's able to grab her. He's able to throw open his cape on one side to do a corkscrew maneuver. As many pa- uh, parachuters know, so when they go down, they slam into a cab. Uh, her underneath, uh, over his arm in the cape, and her, uh, him there, and both are okay. He must have it. dropped. It looked I like it was 80 it. stories. I it looked like this. it was 80 stories. might have been 30, but still a lot of stories. This is my least favorite part of this movie for so many different reasons, one of which is the, the fall and, like, the, the car catching them. Just, like, that's stupid and doesn't feel like it makes sense in this world that they felt. The line that she has is one of those forced, corny, like, slight comedy, nice coat moments that this movie doesn't have many of, so it's, like, even weirder. But also from a plot perspective, like... Him diving out the window, Andy brought up, like, okay, so the Joker's just up there. Like, what happens after that? Uh, but in addition to that, it's like this moment is kind of the thing that makes Joker realize, like, oh, Batman likes this girl. And it's like, poor. He just like human being, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's the other thing too. The way you, uh, Joker will say later on, right? The way you, I thought you were dead for a second. The way you threw your out, yourself out that window after that girl, like, 
that is a no leap of writing logic that I'm like, all right, I'm here for the ride, but like that is that's a a far bridge to cross. Yeah. Uh, anyways, with all these people dead and all this blood in his hands, uh, you know, if things are starting to fall apart here. So uh, Gordon is, like, trying to get more people at the GCPD to be part of this, and they're like, dude, nobody's going to do this. It's all over. Harvey comes barreling into the room with a bulletproof vest, tosses it at loud, and, like, you need to get in front of a judge right now and say what you got to say because I need this out of you before you're fucking killed. Um, and so, like, it's not going well, but they're still hanging on to it or whatever, right? Um, then this is where we get the world burns line, right? Where Batman's re- re- reviewing tape of the Joker and how and him and like doing facial scans and he's like trying to figure it out. And, you know, Alfred's there and he's just like, listen, man, like you change things. You know, Joker's right. You change shit. And like you spat in the face of Gotham's criminals. So they've turned to something they barely understand. I don't think you understand it. And he tells the story about the guy who, you know, stole rubies, but didn't even want to trade him for anything. He just wanted to steal him for good sport. sport. Yeah, exactly. They like you know. They, I know it isn't here, but later on, you know, how, did you ever, did you ever catch that guy? Yeah, we burned down the forest. Um, I love that. Line. I think that's Beautiful. so great. That like sometimes there's just there's not much you can do except like burn it all down. Sometimes and, you want to watch the world burn. It's really so bad for the environment. Meanwhile, uh, of course, you said it like Michael Caine, Andy. Huh? Some men cool. just want to watch. Want to, hold on, <clears throat> hold on, hold on, everybody, stop. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Must away. Why is it becoming more and more of a goldfish underwater? <laughs> he's drowning even though he's breathing water. Whoa, whoa, so whoa. from there now, I forget how what how it's reported, but he's like Joker puts into the media or just a Batman or the GCPD. Oh fuck, GCPD. That Harvey Dent is dead at this corner, and they go to that corner and they find two other guys dead there. Uh, you know, one of them's like last name's Harvey or first name's Harvey, the second name's Dent or some shit like that, and they're dead there, and they're Joker faced up, and Batman comes into the room, and he's like. Yeah, get out. You know, can you give me ten minutes of the room or whatever before your people contaminate it? Ramirez is like us, and it's like, yeah, you fucking suck. Get out of here. And so ba- and Gordon's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, Ramirez. And so Batman goes around and he finds a bullet in the wall, and he's like, that's brick. I don't, you know, I don't, you, you know, I forget what he says, something about something. And then Batman cuts the brick out, and uh, he takes it back to the cave, and he, uh, his, you know, Leia, and he does a whole bunch of different tests of another gun shooting different kinds of uh, bullets into the fucking walls. This is great detective. What a cool, I mean, very what intricate. Cool. Wait, no. So what? What? what um, de- uh, Detective Gordon, I guess, in this, what he said, to, or Lieutenant, maybe it doesn't matter. What he had said is like, He's you going to try to get like the 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 ballistics the on the bullet, yeah. and he's like, no, I'm going to get the fingerprints off, and it's like, what? And then what he does is he shoots like six rounds into similar kinds, right? material, mm-hmm. yeah, similar material, material, and then he analyzes. I mean, he just looks at the the, the bullet to see which one matches closest to it, and then they, like, x-ray it so that they can see how the bullet got destroyed. You would need a lot more. Like, yeah, you, ha- you would have the, to do this probably a hundred more times. No, but I, mean, I wish they cool. just had let him fucking I think it's cool. Take, we don't see him do detective stuff. Yeah. This is cool detective yeah, stuff. Yeah, but like, I I'm going to recreate this. Stuff. I've already mapped this bullet. I've already mapped all these bullets. Now I'm going to shoot them into the wall. When I find the one that matches, I can then extrapolate that first data. Off, yeah, me. kind of. First off, the bullet would. First off, your fingerprint would be on the shell. First off, how many first offs can there be? One. It, your, your fingerprint would be on the shell, God, and the shell wouldn't be Nick, there. that's that's very smart. Yeah. Different. Second off, you doing shoot it doesn't like you could absolutely get the ballistics from the bullet, even if it, it was shattered. You could look at it. Ballistics forensic scientists could look at it and be like, this is the X caliber well, he, bullet. He didn't want the ballistics. He didn't care about the ballistics. Yeah, he I was trying to. 
I, I get it, but this to me is another one of those Chris Nolan like let's just make some bullshit up where I wanted like if, it's just unfortunate because I'm like if you're gonna make him do detective work, make him do good detective work, not made up make believe weird shit that that you stop to think about it for five seconds. Like how the fuck would that work? You're doing a computer simulation, and why would that matter? Why not just scan all the fragments of the bullet in and have the computer recreate that? That makes well, more sense. That, why that, bother shooting shit into a fucking brick? Because they don't know what piece is supposed to fit. You know, how the bullet deforms when it it's hits It's a puzzle the, either way. You have a computer that fucking scan every single piece, and the computer figures it out while you go have a yeah, lot. Were, why do it you, was why supposed to be reverse this? engineering, but, Nick, do you hate this more, or do you hate the fact that the two people were named, like, something Harvey and Dent something or whatever? That, <laughs> that makes sense because the Joker <laughs> fucking with these people, and, and like, he found two men like people and put them together. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't mind that because it's psychological torture what I do, or, or torment. What I mind is just, like, this random... Like make believe bullshit where but, they're, I don't know. It's just how cool was it when like Lucius Fox comes in? He's like, we figured it out, and clicks the video, and all the fragments realign to be a come up bullet, and it turns over, and you see the fingerprint. Like, I know it's dumb, like the science behind it isn't there, but like it looked cool, and it was that moment that they would like that whole scene existed for that moment. Also, the gun on the tracks, like. Mechanically awesome. moving to the next awesome. thing, so cool. taking a shot, really loud. moving. Oh my god, so loud, so loud. I yeah. Yeah. I made it a bit louder. Remember yeah. he says that? You're like, oh, yeah, you're so yeah, cheeky, yeah. Michael Caine. Please don't die on us. So while this is happening, all the tests and the reassembling of the bullet, they're getting ready for the commissioner's funeral, and they're doing the whole. You know, the, they got the bagpipes, they got the people marching, everybody's in the dress blues, and they also got people all over the roof, right? Because there's, you know, they know that they're going to try to kill more. Oh, they, the the uh, Joker had run. I don't know why the paper would run this. We had run in the obituaries, the mayor's obituary, saying he was the next to die. The paper gets this, like, sure, we'll run this. Uh, <laughs> Seems like yeah, responsible no journalism. Totally makes sense to us. Uh, I didn't even hear the mayor died. Maybe we get to break this news. Uh, so <laughs> they've got a whole bunch of people in the things. They're all set for it. Batman gets the number as he's leaving, or the thumbprint gets his motorcycle. You know, my, he cross-references against all the people and all the things and yada, yada, yada. They find out that the one guy who will be Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad uh, mm -hmm. lives at the, you know, on the parade route or whatever, or the funeral parade route. Uh, Batman shoots over there. Uh, everybody's panicking on what the hell's going on. Batman gets in the building as Bruce Wayne, obviously. Uh, he makes his way to the apartment. It's got a, you know, it's a glass door, but, like, it's got paper over it. He breaks in, finds all these dudes uh, stripped and bound and blindfolds on. And he goes over to his little, he's a man voice, but he's still dressed as Bruce Wayne, which is cool. And he's like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, man, the guys jumped us, and they took our, our suits and our guns and shit. And so Batman walks over to the window and looks out the little uh, thing there that's not a sniper, it's a sniper scope, but, or uh, telescope, I guess. And looks out there, there's no gun. And then a timer goes off, and the window thing goes up, and all the cops see the window thing go up. So they start shooting over there. This is during the 21 gun salute, too. Uh, they shoot over there. Gordon thinks he hears it. And then, when, you know, like the third time, uh, the polka dot man and Joker and his gang down there, they turn the bullets towards uh, the mayor. Gordon runs in, grabs him, dives with his back to it. He takes one round to the back and falls over. Eventually, Worst comes over and says, he's dead. Uh, and this is now pandemonium. All the Joker dudes drop their guns. They all run into the different, you know, directions and areas or whatever. Uh, they immediately catch Pokemon Man. Um, Harvey and Rachel are there. You're seeing the uh, Joker without makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's cool. so cool. Yeah. yeah it's and cool. It's, it's one of those things that if you pay, pay attention – Earlier, when the the there's a like pan shot that's come that uh, goes like from behind the mayor through the crowd, and you can see the scars on him as it like goes by. That's and it's cool. like, oh, cool. That's so cool. 
It was really cool. This scene was weird to me. I don't want to go on too long about it, but it's just like this felt like the Tim Burton type movies of the plan of like, okay, the the mayor's here. We know the mayor is our target, so we're gonna have this very public like parade. And they even bring up, oh man, there's a there's a, sure is a lot of windows here. It's like okay, then do the parade somewhere else. Yeah, like, do a different route, right? It just, it kind of just feels like some safety precautions should be taken. I get it's a movie they had to do this, but it's that combined with then Batman going in not in costume, just as Christian Bale, or just as Bruce Wayne, and uh, he does the Batman voice, but it's like, what was your plan if they didn't have blindfolds on? You know? And so then he's in there, and then he, he walks over. Like, yeah, sure, he could have done something. It just felt like a bizarre choice. Like, And then he goes over to the window, and he's looking through the thing, and almost gets shot at, and he just kind of, like, backs away. It's just like, so much of that just felt, like, weird. For what they were doing, but it, it got to cool. a really cool place. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Gordon's confirmed dead. Uh, Dent goes uh, over to Polka Dot Man and starts asking him questions, and he's all like, ah, ah, crazy. And uh, he looks at his uh, lapel because the guy keeps doing like this, like totally like cheesy over. He looks at his Rachel dog. And so that's when, you know, uh, Harvey's like, fuck this, and goes and drives the ambulance away. And uh, then Gordon's dead, and so they go, the GCPD goes over to uh, Gordon's house to tell Barbara one, hey, he's dead. She breaks down in tears, uh, and then she starts screaming at Batman, who's there mourning as well, which I think is cool. Uh, then we cut back to hey, Harvey Batman Dent. Batman just hiding in the top of someone's stairs. Yeah, where he's been before. Yeah. We remember from Batman Begins. Uh, then we have Harvey Dent. Yeah, he's got the polka dot man tied up, and he's got the gun, and he's like, you know, tell me what you know, and he's like, no, and he's got that. Gun. He brings up the coin again, like, you know, I'm gonna. Well, how about we flip for it? Head, heads, you know, you keep yours, tails, you, you're not so lucky. Uh, it comes with heads, of course, uh, and then he's like, let's flip again. He goes like, no, no, no. He tells him what he a little bit or what he needs to know or nothing. I forget. He says something. He here. can't say anything. Right, like uh, this Batman. is when Batman gets there when he goes to flip the coin a second time, grabs the coin. He's like, "You leave a man's life to chance." He's like, "No, I want it." Like, kind of not really. And then he gets right away, and he's like, "This guy's, you know, uh, been Arkham 19 times. His mind's Swiss cheese. He's not gonna be able to tell you shit." And this is like the kind of crap that would like, if people caught you doing this, you'd ruin everything. It would be over, and all your convictions would be overturned, and yada yada yada. You can't fall from grace like this. Yeah, I, I love it. I love this that. Guy, by the way, this guy is so crazy. He he's not gonna be able to tell you any pertinent details at all as to where the Joker is or might be, but he's not crazy enough to stand in line, march in a funeral procession, and know how to shoot a gun on command, like in the right, you know what I mean, where he's like, come on. Yeah, they all knew, oh, they all knew they exactly, all knew exactly like, how to feel that stuff. Yeah. So they clearly, he's good enough at understanding the world around him, but he can learn all this shit, but they're, but he's like, he's not going to tell you anything. I'm like, well, you might have a couple pertinent details, like where yeah, does the Joker hang out at night? It's not reliable, right? That's the well, it's something that you might want. I mean, check it out. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean I'd be like, well, I like spent a couple scene. minutes talking to this guy. I like the dialogue between uh, with Dent here and all this because, like, this in the last movie with Batman Begins, like, they beat everyone over the head with fear constantly, over and over and over. Where like that's just a through line between most of the characters. And with this one, like, the word fair comes up multiple times, and I think it's interesting that mm-hmm. Joker, his whole thing about like chaos, it's fair. And with, with Harvey, it's like the whole idea of the, the chance and the coin of it being fair or not. And I love that both the villains in the movie are, are like tied to that idea sure. that fits into the whole Dark Knight, White Knight thing of like justice mm-hmm. and all that. God, no one's good. That's why he brings it in with Rises, too, when he talks about forever. Um, so uh, now that all that's happened. Uh, what? That was great, great. Uh, so yeah, when, uh, after all this has happened, 
uh, Harvey calls Rachel and is like, you can't trust anybody. You need to go someone. And she's like, I'm with Gordon's men. And he's like, Gordon's not there anymore. And she's like, oh, shit, fuck. I got to take it seriously. And she's like, I'm going to go to Bruce's penthouse. And he's like, come on. And she's like, trust me, Bruce's, you know, if you trust me, Bruce's penthouse is the safest place in the city right now. Uh, meanwhile, at GCPD, the officers have turned on the bat symbol and finally like, turn it off. He doesn't want to talk to us. God help whoever he does want to talk to. And then we see a friend of the show, Eric Roberts, in a nightclub uh, with some saucy lady. And she and he's like, what makes you think I want to talk? Uh but then in strobe lighting, Batman just marches in and starts beating the fuck out of everybody in the way. So, okay, where did Batman... So, follow me on this one. This is another one of those instances where I'm like, could you just have thought for five seconds more about this fun choreography? Could he not come from a skylight above? We don't even see this thing. This is the problem I have in these movies get more and more less and less Batman-centric as they focus more and more on other elements. And to me, I don't like... Did he walk in the front fucking door? He walked upstairs. He walked past at least 30 people in this place who were like, is that fucking Batman? <laughs> like, what's going yeah. on? You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like, it's not like Sal Maroney was sitting next to the exit door and Batman just peeked in and grabbed him. He walks up a flight of fucking stairs in a very busy club. The more you see Batman in these situations, the more, the less, the more you have time to look at him and be like, oh, he looks kind of dumb in that suit. And it's yep. the same with, like, when he's in the bank wall or any time in Dark Knight Rises where they just decided to shoot the entire movie during day, and Batman's like, wow, I stick out like a sore thumb during all of this. I just, I don't like this scene. I'm like, can we have thought about another I more like creative it. way for I Batman like to be so... fucking Batman? I feel like Batman doesn't always need to be in the shadows, though. So, like, compared to what well, we then... think about Batman, like, with the animated show and stuff, he's, like, only in the shadows when he's sneaking around. So sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be sneaky. No, now he's, now he's terrible, the animated show. Fuck. Can you imagine him walking towards you as he takes down people that are supposed to be protecting you? You know, yeah. it, just, it just felt it just felt like lazy. It just it, a lot of the action, a lot of the choreography in this just feels super lazy, and it just feels like they were like we're not we're not interested in in having Batman do anything Batmany until the very very end, and it's, it's disappointing. Um, so from there, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he grabs uh, Marconi, uh, take right. Maroney. Maroney. No, Maroney. Uh, it drags him outside, and this is the thing we're seeing we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, one professional or another, like, you got to pick your spots better. Like, I wouldn't die from this height. I would just get hurt. And he's like, or I wouldn't die from this up here. I'm, I'm counting on it. Let's yeah. go. Jumps down there, starts interrogating him. I think I'm going to put these scenes out of order. Starts interrogating him about, like, where is the Joker? What do you know? He's like, you did. He's got to have friends. You, have you met this guy? Great line from Eric Roberts, right? Batman understands that he doesn't know this. Then he does the scene with Harvey Dent, understands he doesn't know that. Uh, then, uh, at the end of the Harvey Dent thing, he tells uh, Batman tells Harvey, call a press conference for the morning. I'm going to reveal my identity. And that's when Harvey's like, you can't do that. You can't do it. Don't do it. Uh, then Bruce goes home. Rachel Dawes is there now. He tells Rachel the plan and that, you know, he kisses her here too. And she is like, ah, she's it's too many emotions. You know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I love or whatever. Um from there, then, it's the next morning. We're at the Batcave again. Uh, Alfred's burning everything because in this giant white room that is, like, so futuristic, they have, like, this old-ass <laughs> boiler there and, like, powering all the heat. Like, all right, Not only that, but for some reason, they have to keep paper copies of everything. Yeah, all their invoices cool paper and from it, whatever. Their invoices. Uh, <laughs> all the Batcowl invoices. Uh, they burn all that. That's and, you know, true. there's some great lines here. Like, there can't be anything that connects this to, connects me to, connects this to Lucius or Rachel or anything like that. And then they start riding up there, and he's like, I suppose I'll be taken down as an accomplice. Accomplice? I'm going to tell them all is your idea. Now, that's a great pan. Yeah, really well done. Uh, from there, we're 
at the press conference, which if I look at my uh, Facts of the Furious here, I find out is where they also shot Bruce Wayne's uh, oh, apartment. Did you know you that? Say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't say. Smart, Never heard that. Um, to, you know, living up to his, uh, his uh, the, the reputation, Harvey Dent lays out this whole thing of, like, let's not do this. Like, we're not doing this because we're mad at Batman. We're doing this because we're scared of the Joker. And, like, yes, the Batman should have to answer for his crimes and the laws he's broken. But on our terms, not on this terrorist terms, and everybody out in the, the audience is a fucking moron. They're like, no, he can't nah, get him. I, I don't like him, and I don't like Spider-Man. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, fine. I mean, let's reveal that. Will the real Batman please stand up? And Bruce goes to make his move, and, uh, and Harvey's like, arrest me. I'm the Batman. And everyone's like, <laughs> Yeah, man. This is so rad because didn't see it coming. The first time yeah. I watched this movie, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. such a surprise. And I love how they did it. And the coolest thing, this is, this is just one of those examples of life working out in a weird, bizarre way. Iron Man happened like three months before this movie came out. So like the Iron Man press conference of I am Iron Man, this was three months later. And it's just like such a fun twist on this concept. Like sure. what, what are the chances that those two things happen in superhero movies that close and are both fantastic in different ways? Very cool. Um, so they take Harvey into custody and they walk him out back and Rachel, well, they don't do that yet. Rachel's still at the apartment and she sees all this and she's like, Alfred, what the fuck is Bruce's problem? And she's like, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have a problem, miss. Like, I can't do an Alfred. And, and I don't like the scene. You no, not at all. Right? Where it's like she's maybe mad and Alfred, rather than really listen to it, just like shuts her down. A time. Well, maybe no, they but like, share this idea that like you should be that man. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that, but like Rachel in, in in this context is an incredibly smart, very well accomplished human being. I think she would understand what was going on here. She play, she's like, why would he be doing this? I don't understand why Bruce wouldn't set up. And and I'm like, you can't really figure out what's going on here. Like your your boyfriend stepped up because he he believes that it's more important. But but we have to have Michael Caine tell the audience that. So mm-hmm. Rachel comes off kind of like not knowing and like not being able to extrapolate at all what's happening sure. in that press conference and it just kind of it doesn't work well for her character and that's why I keep I, I keep coming back to like I love Maggie Gyllenhaal I just don't like what they gave her to do in this because most of the time she just kind of it just she's frazzled she's like I'm frazzled I'm like alright well so uh, she gives the note to Alfred, and I, I do like this and how much she trusts Alfred. And, like, you know, you know him better than anybody. Like, give it to him when the time is right. How will I know that? It's not sealed. Uh, she leaves. She goes down to GCPD where they're taking Harvey to county or whatever. And uh, she gets talked to him a little bit here, and he's like, you know, I'm counting on Batman to save me or whatever. This, You know, we got to lure the Joker out kind of shit. Tosses the coin to her. Uh, she grabs it. She's like, "You leave this up to you luck, and you know, I make my own luck." And she turns. He turns. It's a double sided coin. Oh, that's cool. Uh, then it's this it's a huge progression, to, or yeah, procession through the streets of Gotham to get Harvey to actual jail or to his holding facility in the county. Uh, there's a million SWAT teams there, and they, they got the big old SWAT van he's in, and the SWAT van is being driven by somebody in a full face mask, and then the teacher who brought a gun to school in Boston Public. If you remember Boston Public, wow, yeah, that's is, a great this, poll. This is the second or third time I've brought up Boston Public in Batman in Review, and I'm very proud of that. Um, he he will be the one who talks the entire way of like that's not it. good. I that's not good. It. I hate that character. I love the reveal, and I know we needed something. But at a certain point, you were like, why aren't you fucking talking back to me, guy with full face mask? Also, he gets in the car and he goes, "Hope you got some moves, buddy." 
I'd be like this. Wait a minute. Aren't you guys a SWAT team? Don't you guys work together constantly? We you know every person that's coming on here. Why wouldn't you be like, who the fuck are you? And why are you driving this car in an in a entire police department full of people who might double-cross you? I'd want to know every single person that was with me in that van, not just some fucking Lando. But yeah. the fact they just keep cutting back to this guy, he's like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. And it cuts to the other guy. He's like, mm-hmm. like it's so awkward every time the guy says something and, and Gordon doesn't say anything back to him. So yeah, you don't so this think is happening. Cut that way. No, I think that Gordon was like, I, I don't want to. Suspension of disbelief. Like, yeah, Gordon talks to him yeah. off camera. So that's what I'm saying. Like it was just for like our movie set. I mean, not to reveal I, that it didn't occur to me. No, to me it seems like this guy's just talking. And if the scene had gone on 15 minutes longer, the guy would eventually have been like, Why the fuck aren't you saying anything back to me? Who are you? I thought Take that was just to trick us, not not trick because I don't want to hear Gary Oldman and Gary Oldman and Commissioner Gordon isn't good at voices like Andy is. So that's the problem. Yeah, and also, well, also if he did talk, it would be so quiet you couldn't hear it. Exactly. Maybe he did say things. You know. He's not by the mask. Uh, so like I said, this is going, and sure as shit, it's, you know, the Joker and his uh, hench crew show up, and they want to take Harvey Dent and kill him. So, uh, you know, it's a big old Mack truck that originally Joker pops up really cool and shoots the police officer with a shotgun, oh, and then that gives chase, and it's a slaughter instead of laughter on the side, and they open up the thing when they're there, and Joker's shooting with his just uh, Uzi, and then he gets a rocket launcher, and that shit's blown up, and then the Batmobile shows up, and it's pancaking people and things, and then, like, when he goes for the second rocket launcher, the Batmobile drives over and jumps, and it takes the hit, and it goes, boom, and it goes down. Batman takes out some of his dudes. Uh, he, then Batman, you know, smashes through. This is not in chronological order. Batman this is such a well-paced chase scene. I love this action, and I think that it's both from a dialogue perspective, music perspective, and just kind of like interesting levels of rising, interesting hap- things happening. Mm-hmm. It's so great. And then it ends, of course, with the, the face-off between Batman and Joker. It's like, that's such a nice build-up to, to these, yeah, these moments. A fact here is that while filming the chasing with the Joker and the SWAT bands, one of only four IMAX cameras in the world at that time was destroyed. Nice. So oh. that's ridiculous. But it being shot in IMAX, like, they really took advantage of it to, like, use every inch of the screen and to be able to really get that claustrophobic feel in the, the tunnels that we're familiar with from the last movie, but now just kind of, like, using every inch of them in interesting ways to use the camera and show the, the truck next to the cop cars and the way that the Batmobile is, or the Tumblr, kind of interacts with those things. I was, like, super, super in the entire time. Then using the, the jump that we know from the first movie to block a rocket. It's all just so awesome. I also think another thing that's really perfect about this whole sequence is during this whole underground part, no music. Just explosions, yelling, sort of barks of dialogue here and there, and you really the were of the Batmobile. Like, that yeah. thing, is the sound design of this shit is just fucking rad, because even if you weren't watching it, if you just listened to this stuff, it still tells a story. That yeah. thing is, like, so often for a chase scene. And then the tumbler explodes or whatever because of the RPG, the motorcycle ejects, you know, self-destruct mode or whatever, on, activated or whatever. And then that's where the music kicks in. And it's so fucking hype. Like, this is one of those, just one of the many Hans Zimmer moments that just, you're goosebumps from head to toe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. so goddamn good. I, yeah, I when shoot out in the bat cycle. I queued it up where the bat cycle comes out just because it's so freaking cool. Look at that. Hold on. Yeah, this poor guy with the sandwich, it. you know what I mean? He's just trying to work. He's still like, he's just trying to get his bogey on, yeah. This is fine. Uh, they just made a whole bunch more work. They just, they're out there doing construction. Look at this motherfucker just smashed through the side of the guy. He's got a job for two months. You know, he's good to go. Oh, that that looks, I mean, like, clean up alone. That looks so I, cool. I, I think everybody wants to remake the uh, scene from Akira with the, with the bike kind of spinning. Mm-hmm. But, like, when the bike here rotates 
the oh, opposite yeah, yeah. access. See, that part's That's cool. The coolest fucking thing ever, dude. That part's cool, but I, but I, I, I think like for me this is a little spoiled because I wish we talked about it last time. But I hate when he has to go down into the thing. I wish the reveal of him going down into the tumbler was him shooting out as the bike. That's uh, the first time I'd ever seen that. I think that would have been way cooler. That's kind of cool. And second, I think that there's there's a shot coming up after he um, flips over the back truck, which is a fucking amazing. Amazing, um, dude, uh, you just get to it, yeah. When he's chasing, and then he goes, vroom, 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 and he comes, and then he plants the thing on the ground, and Joker even looks back, and then he goes, Doo. so I love it. First off, love, weird. <laughs> Go ahead. I love the performance of Heath Ledger when he crawls out of it, where he can't stand up right, oh, and, right. and he shoots the gun by accident, yeah. right? And it's just yeah. so fucking good. So there's two things in this scene that I don't. I, I just just very nitpicky. One, I don't. I hate the choreography of the, the bike going up and then flipping around and coming back down. It just looks oh, so stupid. What? It looks no, so no, dumb. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. it's so fucking cool. It just—it's one of those things where it's like it just doesn't look right. It looks CG. It doesn't look like it just doesn't work for me. And second, there's a moment where they're driving, and I never got this before. But correct me if I'm wrong. Keith Ledger, Joker kicked the guy that was driving the car out before. He says, "Let me drive." Right? The guy got kicked out because he was dead. So yeah. it's just Joker driving this, and then there's somebody dude in the car. when Batman, what's that? There was another dude in the car. Oh, there was. I got a, 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 a henchman and a clown. Yeah. Okay, because there was a, there was one part where someone goes, he missed, and I was like, I think it was Joker was the only person left in that in that the cabin of it, but I was mistaken. I apologize. Yeah, I, so I just watched that scene right now. There was one dude right next to him who looks really interesting. Because I okay, because he throws the guy out that's older. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy was, like, he was yeah, a truck driver from the very beginning. That like yeah, it laid yeah. down or him. Uh, anyways, yeah, so that happens. Gets out. Hit me! Come on, hit me! I don't like this. We're back. I assume, and every correct me if I'm wrong. Is the motive is Batman barrels down on him that Batman wants to kill him, but yeah, at the I last second so. swerves away and dumps the thing because he's yeah, like, I can't I do this. So. It makes zero okay. sense. I don't yeah. like it. Okay. I, think, I wish Batman had something. So he's got to have some other. The guy's non-lethal everywhere. Does he have like a grappling hook to wrap around his ankle and pull him to the ground and knock him it's out? It's bad. Know? They just okay. needed to incapacitate. Again, lazy choreography where they're like, how do we get Batman incapacitated if the Gordon can save the no, day? No, he'll, he'll, he'll knock himself out. He'll knock him. He'll yeah, oh, that's fine. Yeah, let him do that. He's, by so, the way, he's just fucking like proved to us that this bike, he can do crazy shit on this bike, but he can't stop so he ditches that. the bike. He gets knocked out a little bit. The Joker goon tries to take off the mask. He gets zapped. He falls down. Joker, instead of running to Batman, runs to him and makes fun of him. <laughs> and kicks so him. Then, yeah, he gets over uh, Batman with the knife ready to do his business. And that's when you hear the shotgun and it's Gordon behind him with the shotgun. And it's like, oh, we fucking got him. And so they got him. Uh, they then Gordon is, you know, they all go back to GCPD, right? They, uh, uh, everybody's excited for Gordon. I might be putting things out of order here. Yeah, right, because Joker's in the jail cell. This is the knife scene of them pulling it out. Everybody around there, everybody's like hooting and hollering. Joker, uh, Gordon walks in. He's like, get away from the I don't want anything of his mob lawyers to use against us. Uh, at this time is when the mayor comes in and congratulates Jim on not being dead and then also tells him he's taking the big job. He's Commissioner Gordon now. Um, that's all happening there, and that's great. Dent is excited. Uh, <laughs> issue here, but they put him in the interrogation room. Uh, do we know? Oh, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. Okay. So what I missed there is the tissue is that I jumped away from the scene too quickly where when Gordon opens on the streets of Chicago, opens the thing and says, we got him, Harvey. Uh, Harvey then gets put into a, cat, a car by Ramirez. He's like, I got to get home to a upset girl. I got a very confused girlfriend. He's like, I take your counselor. And she shuts the door. He drives away and she does that like looking like, huh? and then uh, Rachel gets kidnapped too by, by words or whatever. Um, 
or maybe worth yeah no that's right uh and so then we're back there now and then you know okay cool motherfucker you're in the jail cell i'm commissioner gordon that's all great and then they find out that harvey dent never made it home and so that's when they put joker in the interrogation room also a big old fat guy gets in, in admitted into the holding cell with joker and he's like my inside the, the boss promised fireworks he told me I'd be good. Um, so, yeah, then they go and interrogate Joker, like, Why, what's fucking going on? Or Gordon does. And Joker's like, I'm not telling you shit. And he's like, all right, you want to do this the hard way? Take off the cuffs. He's like, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. And he's like, oh, good cop, bad cop. Not exactly. Door shuts, and the lights turn on, and Batman's been behind him the whole time. Slams his head down, and we just get a fucking scene. You know what I mean? Just a cinematic masterpiece of Joker and Batman talking. This Love scene it. coming right after the amazing chase action scene we just saw, it's like this fucking movie is relentless. It's like if it's not having a, a scene that just stands on its own that's amazing, it's doing one of the Game of Thrones set scenes of having a bunch of shit adding up together, and it never stops. Like we're never getting like moments that last longer than 15 seconds of just kind of like setting up something for the next shot. It's mm-hmm. always just like every bit feels like a like, – we always talk about the every frame of painting type stuff. Like to me, this feels like – Every scene is telling its own story, and it's so awesome because this interrogation scene is like textbook 101 how to fucking make a movie, how to make a scene, and how to believe in characters. 10 out of 10 content here. Um, so, yeah, the important things to pull from it, obviously, uh, beyond the great acting or whatever, right, is that Joker plays his hand right of, like, what time is it? Well, it's very important to what time it is that he could be in one place or many places. Uh, and it's that, yeah, he was, he was kidnapped with uh, Harvey Dent and uh, Rachel Sorry, there's some crazy audio going on. That's the Extra Life for Kids thing. So if you have been working on Extra Life graphics and shit, then we just got an Extra Life donation. Cool, cool. Give me one second. Get the hell out of me. How do I mute? I do want to point out, I love this scene because this scene is is where the two ideologies kind of clash, right? Where he Mm -hmm. talks about, he has that great line where he's like, you have nothing to threaten me with. And it's so true because Batman, did we lose the stream? No, no, we're totally fine. I'm sorry. I'm oh, trying sorry. to figure out how to mute this thing. Um, you guys keep going. This is just pretty yeah, good stuff that they. I absolutely, seen. I absolutely love that he's just like you have not like all of your strength. You have nothing you can threaten me with, and it's so true because there's that moment where like yeah he slams his head on the table we're like yeah fuck yeah Batman's gonna like beat a confession of this guy just like my hero Stabler from from Atlanta or SVU even though he had to go to a lot of therapy after that and a lot of stuff happened anyway. But but midway through, the power dynamic shifts, and you're like, oh, shit, he does have the upper hand. Similar to our other favorite movie, Greg, that's right, Seven, starring Brad Pitt and Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman. These are all shared universe. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, the information is out, Rachel, that this is the thing we talked about earlier as well. So we're just trying you know, I thought maybe you really were Harvey Dent the way you cared about it or whatever. Uh, he, Joker gives the two addresses, uh, but as we will find out, of course, switches who's at which one. He lied. So Batman runs out going after Rachel. Gordon runs out with his team to go after Dent. Uh, however, when Bat- then we get uh, Dent and Rachel waking up uh, in their, you know, rooms full of gas and bombs or whatever. And, you know, Rachel being the calm one and talking Harvey through all of this. Uh, and she she's very aware that Batman will come save her and it probably won't happen for him. So she starts coaching him on how to get out of it. He rocks his chair around, falls over, knocks over a gas canister, gets all, you know, just one side of his body, his left side, covered in gas. Um, while this is happening, she's like, you know, you ask me a question, the answer is yes. She says that she is going to, you know, end up being with him. Uh, Batman busts into the room. He thinks to save Rachel. He's actually there to save Harvey. Harvey. Uh. 
No, why did you this moment? Me? Why are you here for me? Yeah, 100%. 100%. This moment when we first saw it in theaters, you were just like, fuck. Yeah, right, yeah, right. What a jaw dropper. So, uh, you know, Rachel then has the confirmation of like, oh, shit, like it, it is happening. And like I said earlier, it doesn't lose her cool. It doesn't freak out. Is at peace with it. Like, this is how it's got to be, and this is how it's going to be. And keeps talking. And even as I remember being in theaters as a viewer, you still assume something will happen. Like, this is pretty dark for a Batman flick, but sure as shit, you know, Gordon and team roll up and boom, explode. She's dead. I always read this scene really weirdly because I, um, I always read it as, Harvey, I have something to tell you. And then him going, no! And her being like, wait, what do you mean no? I'm just trying to talk to you, Harvey. Like, I always read it as she's, like, responding calmly to him screaming, not knowing that he's actually being rescued. Uh, It was always, like, a different read for me. But then she says at the very, very end, I have something to tell you. What is she going to tell him? No, I just assumed she was like, I love you. Or yes, I think she was going to say, yes, I'll marry you, right? Isn't that the thing? She said that, right? The answer is yes, but then, like, she kind of, like, lets out. I think she was saying, someone's going to get me. Like, I think she was, like, saying, like, someone's going to come. she was saying someone's coming, yeah, yeah. And then she got cut off. But she was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess she was right. They just were slow. Meanwhile, the bomb went off at uh, Harvey and Batman's place, too, but Batman had got him out. It, a bunch of fire kicks off. It, it gets to Harvey, ignites his left side. Batman pins him down and pats him out a little bit, but the damage is done. Uh, from there, we get we get a morning montage, right, of Batman mourning over at Rachel's explosion site. Uh, Harvey, you know, in, in uh, the hospital with half of his face covered and all this shit. And then I think this is maybe even teamed up at the same time with Alfred reading Rachel's letter for the first time while making that little granola breakfast, which was delicious, uh, and saying, "Hey, you know what, uh, Bruce? You asked me this, but I'm in love with Harvey. Like I'm going, I'm going to marry Harvey Dent. I love Harvey Dent. What are we looking at here, Kim? Uh It's just some of the behind footage of how they did it. I just thought it'd be cool to pull it up while we just. Uh, it's cool, yeah. Sure. Uh, so uh, Alfred knows that, and he's like, ooh, fuck, this is going to go poorly. And he puts it in the envelope, and he's like, it was just how it's got to be. He walks over there. I thought I'd fix a little breakfast, Governor. And he puts it down, and Batman's sitting there, no mask on, you know, overlooking the city in the daytime. And he's just like, you know, I did I bring this on her, Rachel? Or did I bring this on her, Alfred? Like, you know, she was going to wait for me. He, he lays it all out. Uh, Alfred takes yeah. away. So he's like, okay, Good old Alfred, his, his, his basically son is mourning the death of the woman he loves. And, and Alfred can go two ways with this. He can be like, well, I can sugarcoat this for you. But he's like, no. He's like, did I he cause this? He's like, yeah, you did. You yeah. caused this. You pushed them farther than they could have gone. What did you think they were going to do? And I'd be like, sympathy. A little sympathy is what I'm looking yeah. at right yeah, now. Yeah, you know what I mean? And a little, little fresh squeezed juice with some granola sprinkled on it. Uh, we cut back to what's going on? Sorry, I was just saying he's trying to get him not to stop, though, right? Like, he's saying, like, this is the consequences yeah, of making little change. Thing, yeah. What would you have me persevere, right? Back oh, back. yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think, I, though, let's be honest. I agree with Michael Caine's message here. I just think the timing of the delivery could have maybe be like, hey, dude, I'm so sorry that she just died. Also, you should keep going, though, because he's still out there is basically what I wanted to tell you. But it is your fault, and you totally did this, and you should. I'd be like, Alfred, why the fuck aren't you crying, dude? You knew her, too. I'm like, what the fuck? So you just I, I, I think girl. it's a very interesting thing that Batman was going for her. Yeah, like, I think about that. Yeah, like that's it, it's really kind of like a, a a fundamental flaw of the character, and like I get that like people have flaws, and even Batman has flaws, but like the movie would have been very different if if Joker hadn't changed the the mm-hmm. addresses, right? Like he that's was true. going to save his love instead of saving the White Knights of Gotham. Yeah, like, yeah. Batman. But like then it would have made it would have made Batman. What a Batman thing to do! But I, no, I feel you're like absolutely it, right. it would have made Harvey Dent a martyr, and then kind of like the the whole second part of this movie, or not second part, but like the last third, where it's about bringing down Harvey Dent and breaking um, Gotham's like 
White Knight. Yeah, yeah the the hope of and Gotham, the, hope of the soul. Not yeah. it's like that. That would have been a missing piece. Like this, where it's like it's all about corrupting Harvey Dent, is so much more impactful. You know what I mean? So, mm. like, I feel like had he saved Rachel, things would have still gone pretty smoothly for for Gotham. Oh no, right? that's what that's it's, it's like martyr right? would have died. Yeah, I think him saying that, yeah, point. like the rest of the movie he's talking about, like even Batman making a sacrifice at the end to be the bad guy is him saying, well, Harvey is the most important piece of this puzzle. No, I know, yeah. but that's, that's like I'm okay. saying I that. I don't like, know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, no, we're all in agreement. We can move on. Okay, great, cool. So from there now, Gordon goes to the hospital to try to talk to Harvey Dent, and uh, Harvey's not having it, of course. Like, you won't take skin grabs, and you won't do this. He's like, I'm Two-Face. He's like, oh, fuck, you're Two-Face. Uh, your name was up, the internal affairs thing you had going on. Uh, that's great. Uh, that's sad. Uh, that's bad. Uh, you shouldn't be like this or whatever. And he's like, hey, I'm fucking Two-Face. We can do that. I'm Two-Face. Um, yeah, all he's saying is I'm Two-Face. I'm Two-Face. Uh, he's <laughs> really, you know, he's really, he's in agonizing pain. Uh, I forgot the great scene, by the way, too. Sorry. I think it was during the montage where Batman had come, or yeah, Batman had come, Bruce Wayne had come, and they put the coin there. And so when Harvey wakes up the first time and he picks up the coin, it's still silver, and he knows he gave that to Rachel. And, of course, thank you, Christopher Nolan, for showing us him giving it to Rachel again, so we all understood. And they mm-hmm. rotate, and it's all black, and he cries. Sorry, I was I was out. Did we talk about the scene where he's with the pile of money and, the, and burning all that shit? I don't think that's happened yet. Oh, okay. I think it's, like, the next scene. Okay. But anyways, well, yeah, sure, whatever. So this jo- Gordon thing happens, and Harvey's pissed off. We knew that. Then, yeah, Joker gets the money from the, the bad guys, his half of the money that he, he asked for, uh, and then he burns it. And then the dog guy's like, what the fuck, man? He's like, hey, I'll do what I want with my money. But, you know, it's not about the money. Like, you know, uh, gasoline, what did he say, gasoline and knives, and they're cheap or whatever. They're cheap. So that's why. Did he also burn Lau alive? Yes, Lau is burned alive at the top of the pile. Yes. That's Okay. That is something you, you know, get glossed over. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those. Again, you don't scream, you don't hear anything. Another one of those moments where I'm like, wow, they really were just so focused on the story and like getting from beat to beat that I think that's a huge, huge thing that I would have, as a cinematographer, I'm like, are we going to have a moment where we see this guy burning alive on a huge pile of money, like thematically representing what he stands for versus Joker's ideals? Nah, dude, we got to get to the next thing because there's still 14 movies left. So much movie. fucking going on in this movie. <laughs> Uh, so he signs down. He's like, "Now tell your men they work for me." No, I won't. All right, we'll fucking feed you to the dogs piece by piece and see what their loyalty is. Then he immediately picks up the phone because he knows that at this exact time, Anthony Michael Hall is hosting a TV show with the redheaded guy from Wayne Enterprises, who's about to go live with the Who Is Batman because he's going to say who Batman is. That way, Joker will stop killing everybody and Gotham can get back to normal. Again, it's the exact same thing from the press conference of we're giving it to terrorist demands. Joker calls in though. He's like, "Listen, I've had to change your heart. It's too much fun not knowing who Batman is. I don't want you to ruin this." So now I'm going to up the ante. Whoever fucking kills this guy, if you don't, if Gotham, if somebody in Gotham kills this man, then everything will be fine. And if they don't kill him by whatever the deadline is, 90 minutes an hour, I'm going to blow up a, a hospital on Gotham. This movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, like 100%. Holy shit, we're still getting crazy twists that are actually fun and interesting and like, yeah. you believe it? Joker's amazing. And so, immediately Gotham PD is like, we got to evacuate every fucking hospital, get every school bus, get every group, you know, thing you can get, get people out of every, every one of the hospitals. We got to worry about this. Focused on uh, Gotham General, the big one downtown that also Harvey Dent's at. Um, then, yeah, so then Reese is trying to get evacuated. They shoot at the glass to really show you that, no, people are going to fucking kill this guy. They're going to try to protect him. Uh, Bruce understands all this is happening, and he's going to go downtown to try to be, stop everything and protect him. But, you know, he's not going to take the Batmobile. He'll take the Lambo to be more incognito and offer that funny line of so cool. So he's driving around. I'm just going to get through all this. He's driving around down there. Uh, you know, inside of the cop car with uh, Reese is Gordon and then this other guy. Uh, you know, uh, Bruce is on the phone in the Lambo calling out the guards. He sees 
to Alfred so they can cross-reference with who has family actually at the hospital. It turns out, of course, that the guy, I forget his name, Blintz or something. Burke. Uh, he, Burke, that's it. He's Burke. in, Burt Meg. Burt Meg's in the Burke car, Meg. and he's yeah, got a wife Meg. in the hospital. And so, like, Gordon wants the gun. There's this whole thing about it. And, like, oh, I'm a little standoff, tense moment about it. And at the same time, like, as the, the van starts to go, Another truck comes in to hit it, and, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne gasses up the Lambo, takes the blow for it, softens the blow for <laughs> the car, doesn't kill the redhead. Kevin? A great scene then What's the fun that. fact about the car, Kevin? It is the uh, Lamborghini Murcielago, which means bat in Spanish. Ah. Yeah. And if you notice, it's colored black with little hints of yellow. Very Batman-esque. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, there's a great scene here where, you know, uh, Gordon walks over to Bruce and he's like, Mr. Wayne, right? And he's like, yeah, it's a very brave thing you did. You did. What, trying to trying to beat the I Red? Love it. I love <laughs> he's it. like, you know who's in the van? No, who is it? And he looks back and they have a moment where Redhead is like, fuck, that is Batman. And he just saved my life even though I'm trying to fucking ruin it. Did I, I go to, like, dude, uh, what, Bruce Wayne's line of like, should I go to the hospital? And he's like, you don't keep yeah. up with news, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so okay. good. And so, like, you okay. nailing that character. I'll tell you what, this is how I know that Batman's just a better human being than me, right, in general. Is if that guy looked at me and I locked eyes with him, I would just be like this. Fuck you. Like, I'm like, I just fuck you. You know what I mean? You little and piece you of shit. keep your mouth shut. Black me, you fucking keep your mouth shut. Stay, he's got uh, another Lamborghini. He'll shove up your fucking red ass. Nope. I ran through all that. Uh, and Why then is that what happened? Nick? He's, he's redhead. Red remember he's the red, red hair. Fur on his butthole. Yeah. Uh, Think about how hairy your ass is, Kevin. Think about that being very hairy. I wish we were sponsored by Manscaped so I could just segue from that. But uh, I'm also anyway, happy. I shoved all that in there. Meanwhile, there's the multiple planes of action thing we always love to talk about here, right? Uh, meanwhile, over at Gotham General, uh, they're evacuating people. And guess what? The Joker is in Harvey's room. It's what we already talked about. Hi. And, like, him getting all crazy about it and then introducing the whole thing of chaos and agent of chaos and I'm not a schemer. Those people were schemers. You were a schemer. Now you're not a schemer. Gives him the gun. Heads you live. Tails you die. Uh, and it's like, fuck. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? This is such a great thing. He flips the, and now we're talking. Flips the coin, gets it, and we cut away. Uh, Harvey is now out on the prowl. Uh, Joker evacuates the hospital along with everybody else. Uh, what is it, 50 some patients and Anthony Michael Hall get in one van that, or the thing that's gonna be where Joker goes. He walks out, he starts blowing the thing up, it starts going, then it stops it blowing up and he looks at the thing and shakes it and hits it again, and then finally it blows up again. And what a great dude. This is one of those scenes where if you've ever directed anything, this should give you anxiety. Because it's done in one shot. As he's walking out, hits the thing, everything blows up, the giant uh, bridge tumbles behind him and the whole fucking building collapses as he gets into the car and it pulls off and it's perfect, that shot. You have to imagine there's like 15 other cameras recording everything just for coverage, but it's so well done. That, that, uh, fun thing here is that the original intent was for the Joker to scar Dent during the Joker's trial in the third film, uh, but Christopher Nolan said that he had known he was going to make another sequel for sure. Harvey Dent wouldn't have died in this one. So it's interesting just like timeline-wise of movies getting greenlit and all this stuff that this movie could have been Wildly different. Mm. Wait, so that means that the movie would have just ended a lot. It just would have been different enough, but then yeah, it would have just started. The third one was going to start with the the trial of Joker, and Harvey was still going to be a good guy. Got it. That makes sense because they probably could have they could have cut twenty minutes out here and just gone to the what I think is the more compelling scenes, which is the fairy stuff that's coming up. The the explosion stuff that was uh, an accident. The whole like him being like, why isn't it exploding? Because, like, it, the third explosion was, didn't go off when it was supposed to. That's why isn't he that the back. rumor, though? 
No, I think it's yeah. true. Or is it Rand.com? Heath Ledger improvised Joker myth. What really happened? Oh. Heath Ledger's information skills in the Dark Knight have been overblown thanks to the internet myth. The talented actor went against type uh, cast to be cast as Joker in the Nolans, blah, blah, blah. Uh, his work as Joker, it's basically, I had a better line than that. But <laughs> I thought the same thing and I was going to bring it up, but this Google of a 2020 article actually says no, it wasn't. All right. That it wasn't improv at all. I, I hear you. I remember hearing that too. But like that's it's uh, too perfect to be improv. It's so exactly perfect. the way it gets into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. If that was, that's like the best improv ever. I mean, so, it's, it's according so to this article, it was there to keep him safe. Like it actually was planned, and that's why get him away from the, the explosion. Or whatever. Yeah, because he was doing all that shit practically, right? I don't know. Yeah. It, anyway. it, I mean, it's the usual problem of the internet. Of I'm reading one article, and then obviously <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh no, this is and exactly what it's supposed to be." Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not to go that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not. Yeah, or wasn't. Yeah, what a cool story about the behind. This is from comicbookmovie.com. What a cool story behind the scenes of that movie. The problem is it's false. Oh. Uh, special effects was able to scenario in which Heath would actually be walking out of the building because what Chris worked out is that if we put a little beat where the first set of explosions stops, is if something's gone wrong, the Joker just takes a second to look surprised and the audience is surprised. Then the major demolition comes and he jumps straight into the school bus. And that way he was able to come up with a practical scenario uh, in which he could actually take the principal actor, walk him out of a building that's about to be destroyed, and literally drop the building to the ground. So, yeah, it wasn't improv at all. But I remember hearing that too. Again, we got rest, though, and we're back to the plot now. It's blown up. They've driven away. And while that's happening, Harvey is now on his killing spree. He goes after uh, Wurtz, who's drinking at a bar, flips the coin for him. He gets the death thing. He dies. Um, then he, get, he gets into Marco, or Maroney's, uh, Eric Roberts' uh, car. We get some coin flips there. Eric doesn't die from it, but the dri- he flips it again. I thought it was going that was for your driver, and he puts on a seatbelt. Like, put on your seatbelt there, Roberts. Car flips. Fucking, you know, he should, everybody should be dead, but no big deal. I think he um, is dead, right? Because at the end they say five people were killed. More people. Yeah, no, he's dead. I'm saying everybody should be dead, including Harvey Dent. I don't think yeah. he should have. He had a seatbelt on. Okay. Seatbelt, save life. So then uh, we go from there, and we're into the end loop here. So this is where – oh, I skipped it earlier. After the redhead guy had told Morgan Freeman all his money in R&D, he had asked Wayne about that. Wayne had said, yes, but I'm playing it very close to the vest. It's a government contract. And then there's uh, Morgan Freeman gets a report of a break-in in R&D. He goes down there and finds this giant widescreen monitor with all these different things on it. He walks in. Bruce explains it to him that, yeah, he's like, immediately Lucius like, you turned every uh, cell phone into a uh, listening device. You know what I mean? And that's fucking fucked up, and I don't like that, and I won't be a part of it. He's like, you just need to be a part of it for one night. We need to get the fucking Joker talking to it. And that way we can find him and we can stop him. i got to stop this man. And he's like, fine, but, as, you know, consider this my resignation. As long as this uh, thing is in the building, I won't be in. And he also tells him, you know, nobody should have this much power. And he's like, I know, that's why I gave it to you. And when you're done, just type in your name and it's all over. You'll see what happens. All right, cool, whatever. Um, so then now, yeah, the Joker had uh, made the announcement, right, that he's going to kill some people tonight and that uh, if Batman doesn't reveal himself and that uh, the bridging tunnel crew wouldn't like it. And so they're ferrying people out of Gotham and there's these two ferries that, both stop, and then they both can't talk to each other, and one's full of convicts, and one's filled with normal people. And when they go downstairs, they, in the, inside of the, the, the ferries, they find all the things ready to explode, and they also find a little gift wrap package. They open it up, it's the thing in there with an ignition. You turn, you'll, according to the Joker, who eventually starts talking about all this, you'll blow up the one across from the, the river from you. You guys have until midnight to make a decision. If neither of you blow your, blows the other up, I'll blow you up. Uh, of course, Joker's talking about all this while he does this. Uh, Lucius is able to get it there. 
Batman's able to tell Gordon and GCPD where he's at. So everybody's like, good, we got this thing kind of under control. Uh, from there, we get a bunch of stuff in the ferries of, you know, the convicts want everybody to die, but they've got shotguns over there. The people, they don't want to, then they decide they're going to vote, so they vote, and then overwhelmingly... the voting shit. I know, right? Overwhelmingly, they're like, we're going to blow everybody. We're, we're going to blow up the bad guys because they had their chance. I felt like, like everybody I on that fucking boat. Everybody on that boat loved, too big of a pussy to fucking turn the trigger. I would have yeah. loved for them right. to make the voting a lot more complicated than it really should have been. Like, <laughs> like right, had, you're like, right on this paper... One to ten, how much you want to blow up the other yeah. thing? Then we'll add Everybody up all raise your hand. All right, four hundred hands. Seven thousand. <laughs> like it, it was so Here, stupid. We were watching this, and D was like, "What would we do in this situation?" I was like, well, "What any right-minded person would do: wait for everyone to start voting, and then slip out the back and jump into the water and just swim away." They would blow it up. They said if, anyone, if one person jumps out, they'll blow it up. I wish I dressed in dark clothes. You're not going to see me watching. I'm willing to take the stance. I'm willing to take a stance. <laughs> I think this whole thing is, is great as a, as a yeah, concept. I think it does. It really works. And, like, none of the stuff bothers me, the voting and all that. I think it's, it is what it is. I just think that this, this is proof of how great this movie is. That's so late. We're introduced to this thing that would be the best part of another movie. Oh, but to me, it's climax. just kind of like just just another thing going on here. And it builds into the Joker's character so well. Like, where it ends up that... They end up not, neither boat blows up, and then they actually don't blow up because the Joker is a man of his word to that extent this time. I just think it's so cool. It adds well, some depth to the Joker's no, the, character no, as a whole. No, at midnight, if they didn't blow each other up, they both get blown up. That's why Joker up. has the another the remote piece, that would have taken them both out. And I assume that like blowing one of them up would have blown both up, just because it's Joker. I yeah. I was I was, I was, I was wondering if it was the Rachel Dawes hard yeah, to get. Yeah, trying to blow themselves up. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone else? I just watched um, the Fifth Element, which by the way I still love. But um, that actor that's in this, uh, his name is Tommy Tiny Lister. No, no, no. Um, also Gary Oldman. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, the guy that played Debo in Friday is in this. And he's yeah, like, he's like, always going to be Debo to me. He's always going to be Debo. And I love that he's in this, and he's still super scary because he's fucking gigantic, and, and he's very intimidating. But what, he's so goofy in, in, as Debo and as in The Fifth Element that I'm like, I can't see him as a serious convict, but it's okay. Oh, I love it. And I like his line when he just gets up, he's on him, and he's like, like you, know, done, you don't know how to take a life, but you don't want you, you, don't, you don't know how to take a life, and you don't know how to do anything. So just give it to me, and I'll do what you should have done a long time ago. And it throws it right out the window. I, I love that. I was like, oh, fuck, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, yeah, all that's happening. We've already said everything that happens over there. They vote, and like I said, all the pussy civilians over there, they can't do it. They can all say they want to kill these guys, but none of them get their hands dirty. You know what I mean? Yep. Kevin, could you turn the could you turn the key? Kevin, definitely. Kevin would be champing at the bit. Am I the criminal, or which boat am I in? Which boat am I You're on the regular boat. You're on the human boat. Uh, human. The human I, boat. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, we, like you got you to gotta be like, hey, they're not going to turn it. We can't turn it. Throw the, throw the thing out. I will say, I will say when when Ho, when Debo walks up to the cop, yeah, and the cop standing next to him with the shotgun wants no part of this. No, <laughs> like he's he's holding the shotgun because it's part of his job. But he's like, if I could be anywhere else right now, <laughs> like this dude has a shotgun. He's supposed to be like a symbol of authority, and he's just kind of like not even looking at Debo or the conversation happening. He's like, fuck this, dude. Fuck this. So, anyways, uh, Gordon and the the goons show up, and they're staring into the the building where the Joker is, and they can see all the doctors uh, are on the ground, and all the clowns are up there with Uzis or whatever. And Batman's like, it's never that. He shows up, he's like, it's never that simple. You know, give me ten minutes in there, and he's like, no, you can't have that much. They're, they're having a they've had a fractured relationship here, right? Like everything's going wrong. 
Gordon can't, you know, just turn this over to Batman, but Batman jumps off. He's like, I give him two minutes or whatever. Uh, Batman heads over there and quickly pieces together. Well, he doesn't quickly. He flies into through a window, knocks down one of the uh, uh, bad guys, and it takes off the mask and turns out it's actually Anthony Michael Hall again. The the actually the hostages are the bad guys. The hostage takers are the good guys. They've been made up to look like this because Joker's crazy and stuff. So. He can't get that message to Gordon and the crew, though. Uh, Gordon gets a call from Barbara 1, who says uh, Jim 2 and Barbara 2 ha- and her <laughs> having taken hostage in that he needs to get over here. JJ and BJ. So, like, uh, Gordon's like, oh, God. So he runs out of there. Nobody's listening anymore over there. So the cops just start going into the place. Nobody's. Gonna, there's no way for Batman to tell them that this is what's going on. So Batman then has to start fighting the police officers and then also, like, doing all the cool stuff with, like, his ropes and shit to knock people's legs out to get him out of the line of fire to take them out and do all this. And it's, it's a cool scene as he runs around and does a bunch of action things. Uh, eventually, he runs up, finds Joker at the top. Here's the payoff to your suit and dogs and shit. Dogs run at him. He fucks these Rottweilers up. Talk Dude. Around. Relentless. Fuck. Just throw them it's, down when I have to do almost 30 to 50 stories. Just... They work for the Joker. He knew the risk. Yeah, he can't reason with it. They put their little, they put their little paw print on the line, like yeah. what he does. I mentioned, and he just finds his little yeah. wife. Yeah, there's still not enough you could do to not make them look like silly toys, like sure. rubber like, big fat rubber dolls. Yeah. yeah, like it really reminds me of again, like I, I talked about this recently, but when we were when we were reacting to all the things going to Disney Plus and Benji. The dog was one of them, and, like, the cougar gets knocked off a cliff, and it's just, like, this really shitty, like, doll. There's still that, but, like, luckily they cut away fast enough to where you don't get the full effect, but it's totally just a shitty little doll. It makes me happy. Uh, so then Batman and Joker get up there. Uh, Joker's able to – What the, it was when the dogs hit him, so he got over there and started pounding him on with the pipe and stuff, and he got pushed back, and I, what did he do to fuck up the sonar? The sonar goes offline for some reason. He hit him in the fucking pipe. Yeah, that was yeah. it. And so he uses that then to knock him down and then pin him under some kind of, like, guillotine kind of structure thing to pin Batman down there with his arm up here. Uh, and this is where he does the here we go as he washes over the boats. The boats don't explode, uh, so he has to take his attention off of Batman, gets out his little uh, device, and then he also does the end. Did I ever tell you how I got these scars? No, but I'll tell you how I got these ones. And he fires the great ah, fucking line. <laughs> Uh, Batman tosses him over the side, then, then like Andy talked about earlier, shoots it down, grappling hooks his leg, very like Batman 89. Well, except he saves him this time. Brings him up, and then, you know, he hangs upside down and gives this amazing fucking speech, right? Of like, you and me are destined to do this forever. And I just love that so much. So Such a good, you know, IRL, whatever you want to call it, I guess live action interpretation of Batman and Joker, right? Of you're too much fun. Like, you know, I have no rules. You have this one rule, and this is how we're going to do this forever. Oh, God, so good. I love the editing on this, too, where we never see Joker upside down. Joker's always, he's hanging, but he's shot the right way. So when he's talking to Batman, he's just kind of swinging back and forth, but his well, face is right side up. It's, you see him upside down for a second, but as yeah. he starts talking, the camera... Oh, well, yeah, yeah. While there's dialogue happening. Because so well yeah. it's like, they're just like, they're equals. They're on the same point. It's fucking and awesome. I love, I love the last moment. I don't know if they did this on purpose or not. I don't know how, how, how close they got with the Manisha, the blocking. But the last time you see him, he's as he's laughing... He, like, pushes himself off or swings away, and he kind of goes out of focus for a little bit. Mm. It's so fucking creepy. It's so good. Uh, Batman takes off as the cops get there. They apprehend Joker, but Batman's got to go worry about this Harvey Dent business. Uh, Yeah, Gordon gets to where Rachel died. That's where Barbara 1, Barbara 2, and Jim 2 are all held up by Harvey. Barbara and BJ. (laughs) 
Barbara, BJ, and JJ are all there. Um, and so, yeah, you know, he runs in, he gets knocked, or Gordon gets knocked down. Harvey's there in his two-face suit, full-on two-face suit. Right. I'm going to kill the person you love most in your family. Exactly. Oh, I can't think of it. Oh, I don't want to do this one. No. Leave my family. Oh, it's your son. <laughs> All right, well, I'm okay, we got it. Right now, right? Anybody but my son. Yeah, just... <laughs> I don't. I forgot her name. You could. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara, really? We need her, Barbara. Well, I can make a mistake. Kill her. Uh, you? So, and yeah, there's this whole thing. Like, don't take it out of me. Take it out of this. Blah blah. Yada yada yada. Uh, Batman shows up. He's like, No, Harvey, you don't have to do this. And Harvey's like, you know, Harvey's like, no, I got to do this. And he's like, it, it was us three. We three made this bed, and this is, you know, our actions led to this. We should be tried. And Harvey's like, okay. So he flips for Batman. Batman gets shot in the abs. Uh, then he flips for himself. Harvey Dent, he comes up. He does a ballsy move. Going for himself second. I would have mm-hmm. definitely saved myself for last. You yeah, know? He's not a bad guy. He's an agent of chaos now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, yeah, it's time to flip for uh, Gordon's son, right? Because he does decide to kill the son or whatever. I don't know. He's like, no, punish me. He goes, I am punishing you. Yeah, yeah. Killing your favorite. Well, I am. I am like, I lied to Rachel. Yeah. Uh, he flips the coin. Batman interve- interjects and runs over there and just pushes him off the side of the fucking building. Yeah. Definitely kills him, right? Oh, yeah, he's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing about, again, that one law of his was like, I don't kill people. This was, again, full tool belt, full of shit that he could have used. Instead, he decides to just risk the Listen, kid's shoot life. Shoot a and, grappling hook into yeah, his skull. He has a handhold, but he's also weak because he lets go, remember? I think he might have, maybe, I mean, they don't show it, so whatever, but he might have tried to grab Harv. You know what I mean? That might have no, been the way. It's not that. It's just, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, he, his grand plan is Batman. We've seen this guy. He, remember the, in the in the, uh, uh, the climax of the last movie, he figured out how to fucking like he throws the thing and the the wind comes in and then he parachutes himself out of the thing. I'm like, wow, that was elegant. And this one, he's like, fuck it, just this is like a linebacker. I'm gonna he's take this dude down. Like he he's on his last legs. It seemed like that shot maybe went through this the, like the you know the a weak spot in the thing and maybe he's remember when shot. when they when they talk about the armor yeah. he, he's like he was like uh so you'll be able to turn your head but you'll be very susceptible to uh knife uh, knife wounds and and gunshots to which i would have replied well thank god the the villains of gotham don't use either of those things to attack people thankfully they're just using billy clubs you want to be rocks. fast what do you want if you want to be fast you got to be fast you got to risk it man and yeah. and and i think that matters a lot more because when bruce wayne is fighting throughout this whole movie you you're not just thinking oh he's bulletproof like it's fine you know, anybody who shoots at him, he'll be totally fine. There feels like there's more risk throughout a lot of these fights. Yeah, but anyway, things feels like why wear the armor at all, right? If you're gonna, if if, if a shot, well, no, from I mean, it still works. Away, so. I guess it did work, but yeah. all I'm saying is, I would have. This is one of those moments where, I'm like, again, I think I feel like the blocking here is just very convenient for the storytelling. Where like we've seen him throw batterings at, at like at fucking lights from like 300 feet away and still hit spot on one after the other, boom, boom, boom. You can't hit a guy's hand. You can't hit him in the fucking face. I don't know. Harvey's dead, Batman's laying there, Gordon comes down, uh, Batman's, and it's the whole thing of, um, you know, this is, uh, he's dead and this fucking sucks, right? He went crazy, he went bad at the end here, and that's gonna ruin everything. He's gonna, all the convictions gonna be overturned, he's gonna ruin people's hope in Gotham, he's killed the hope of Gotham, Joker won. And Batman's like, no, he didn't, and you have to show the true face of Gotham and pull, put, turns it away to be Harvey Dent's face, like, they're martyr, they're, you know, this man who died for the good thing. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? There's five people dead. We can't wipe that off the record. He's like, well, you can put it on me, though. And this is the conversation, obviously, that's iconic in speech or whatever. I'm just like, 
he can take this. Batman is, you know, not a person. Batman is is a symbol, right? And he can be whatever Gotham needs him to be. And right now, Gotham needs him to be the bad guy so that Harvey can die the good guy. And so he tells Gordon to call it in. Uh, and then he takes off running. Where and we get a long shot of Batman just running. <laughs> And, then, and Jim Jr. comes down, JJ, and he's like, why is he running, Danny? We have to chase him, right, Nick? This is like your favorite thing yeah. in the world. Oh. Why? Because he's not a hero. He's not He's not the hero that Gotham wants, the hero that Gotham needs. He's not, He's our, I forget the line here, but the, when it ends with just, he's our fucking dark knight. Oh, and, and, and then Gordon turns and around. Then, title screen. Title screen. Oh, God He's our watchful Damn. guardian, our something something, our dark knight. And then it's just, he's just going. By the way, this is the one scene where I'm like, I don't give a fuck that it makes no sense that there would just be a blaring white spotlight at the end of a tunnel where cars are going through. <laughs> it's awesome. That shot of him just covering the light as he overtakes it and it just goes, Wham, dum, dum, duck, duck, dum. Oh. Marhal FC in the chat the ending. best ending of a movie ever. ever. I think ever. it is. Because, like, for a movie this damn good to end with this thing that, like, honestly, they, it could have not had this. They could have just had a normal ending, and it would have been like, fuck, that movie was amazing. With this, it's like, it is legitimately one of the best movies of all time. It is such a fucking amazing story with amazing characters, and having that end wrap it all up in a way that's like, wow, wow, you must have had that shot in your mind yeah. to make this entire thing like we just he gotta get there in the yeah. best way possible he wrote this whole thing with the ending in mind I guarantee it and I don't even this is how much this ending is good you guys know I'm very nitpicking and probably annoying the chat right now they literally reuse the scene <laughs> they reuse a shot from earlier in the movie in this and I don't fucking care it's still so good the shot of him going through the traffic which I don't know why they even put that in there but it was a shot like when he was going to, ch- to, to save Rachel and it's either the same shot or they use that s- similar footage from that, that day but man, the whole the way it just ends, it just fucking ends. I'm telling you, man, it's 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 the editing and it's Nolan and it's Hans Zimmer and they know how to end a movie, man. Like I just immediately when you talk about best endings ever. I think of Inception as probably like my favorite ending ever, where I am always brought to tears, not because I'm sad or ha- I'm like I'm just hyped and the music's so good and I have all this sort of wave of emotions. But at the end of this, yeah, last night I was like. I'm crying right now, dude. Like yeah, I absolutely, I, I just I love how it all just sort of wraps up so perfectly. But how rad are the bad guys, Andy? Ragu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a podcast within a podcast. We call Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, where we rank the villains of the Batman cinematic universe that we're using for in review right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Ragu Roga. It's the bad guy. Rad guys talk. Rad guys talk. The rogues gallery look like this. Number one, eighty nine Joker. Number two, Roz and Scarecrow from Begins. Number three, Phantasm. Number four, Batman Returns. Max Penguin and Cat. Number five, Batman and Robin from Batman and Robin. Number six, Batman Forever is a Riddler and Two Face. Uh, number seven, yeah, number seven, uh, sixty six, uh, Catwoman, Riddler, Joker, and Penguin. Uh, where do we want to rank Keith Ledger's Joker? Number four, right above Riddler. Yeah. Two-Face. Yeah, kind of overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he nailed the character. Fucking kidding me. For real, not funny for real this way. like, obviously Joker's amazing, but I love how they deal with Harvey Dent and Two-Face in this, mm-hmm. where they kind of give him the scarecrow treatment for me in the end. Uh, he did everything he had to do. Sure, Two-Face could have lived, and Two-Face could have done a lot of other crazy stuff, 
But I love that we got enough Two-Face antics, and we're not going to get a million more of these, antics. These, these Batman movies, right? Like, yeah. we got to see an amazing villain rise and fall within one movie in a time that, when I first watched this movie, I didn't know Two-Face was in this. Like, it was a shock to me. Like, I knew Harvey Dent was. I didn't know that he turned into Two-Face. And for them to handle it as well as they did, mm-hmm. it is just so ridiculously impressive. And Scarecrow made a fun appearance, building out this Batman universe. That I, I feel just like Scarecrow so makes a disappointing appearance. But it does build out the universe. And I like. Again, he's just relegated to selling crack on the sidewalk. He's the, but he's the last crack dealer ball. out there, you know what I mean? Sure. And he's selling, yeah. uh, like, fear toxin crack. It's like the, it's like the last crack. bender. Yeah. Number one with a bullet. Come on. Number one. I mean, yeah, like I mean, the, the, last the plans year, all come together. His performance is so great. Like, everything's fantastic. It's so good. I wish that, that, that Batman was better in the movie. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like Fighting Wombat did to write your review in haiku form. Dent dies a hero. Batman is deemed a villain. Why so serious? Hmm. Bria Rabbit says, how can Harvey blink? Why did a great Joker die? Batman will kill dogs? I gotta kill fifty percent of dogs in this room. Nolan is not the director we deserve, but the one that we need now. Andrew Feisner says, Does he have a plan with a deadly switcheroo? Joke's on you, Batman. Joke's on you. Grant Burton. Those aren't hockey pads. It's a damn near perfect film. Maybe a bit long. And that's the reviews. It's so crazy, though. It's such a long movie, but every scene is just so captivating, man. It's very good. So now we're about to to rank the movies. But, Andy, I'm right there with you with it, where it's it's long, but this is one of the very few examples that I'm not saying it's too long and things should have been cut. This reminds me a lot of Princess Mononoke, where it feels like a season of an amazing TV show presented in, in movie form, where it's so fleshed out. You don't need the previous movie to, like, have this standalone as a fucking amazing movie that you kind of are told everything you need to know. But with it, it's somehow just even stronger. Yeah. Can you bring up the rankings, please, Kevin? Number one, we currently have Batman Begins. Number two, Batman 89. Number three, Mask of the Phantasm. Number four, Batman Returns. Number five, Batman Forever. Number six, Batman and Robin. Number seven, Batman 66. And number 12, Catwoman. (laughs) Where do we put The Dark Knight? Number one, one with the bullet. I think the only argument you can make against it being number one is that it's not, and I'm not making this argument, but I understand people's argument that it's not, it's more of a Joker film than a Batman film. I would make that argument. I mean, I think, I think The Dark Knight is a better movie. I think if, if the argument I always hear that I always vibe with is the Batman Begins is a better Batman movie. And I, and I, and you know, I, I know I like to harp on the, the choreography a lot, but if you, if you're not smart about how you put him on screen, he does come off looking just like a dude in a costume. And that, and there's such a thin line between that, 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 that and him actually being Batman, and I think this movie crosses over it a couple times, unfortunately. Um, you know, we, we do get a goofy running scene where we all made fun of Michael Keaton for looking goofy and was running down the alley. We get that at the end of this a little bit. We're just so caught up in the emotion of it that it doesn't matter because the story we've just seen is so unbelievably um, deep and emotional. But, I mean, Dark Knight is undeniably a better movie, 
but I enjoy Batman Begins as a Batman action film more. Yeah, I, it's interesting for me because, like I said last week, Batman Begins definitely has impressed me so much, and every time I watch it, I just appreciate it more and more and more. Whereas Dark Knight, I feel like I appreciate it as much as I always have, and that's not a, a knock against it because I always gave it a, a 10 out of 10. Uh, but I still think that this is a demonstrable step up from Batman Begins. And I understand the idea of Batman himself isn't the most Batman he's ever been, but I still think this is a better Batman movie because Batman isn't the only thing that makes a Batman movie. It's, it is the bad guys. It is what he's doing. It is totally. the side characters. And it's the Bruce Wayne and Batman elements of it all. And I think that they commit to it. And while I agree that I enjoy seeing the Batman elements in Begins more than the, the bullet detective work or the sonar action scenes, it's like at least they commit to the, the world in this one. And it's like that is this Batman. This Batman does not need to come down from Skylights. He's going to go in the nightclub and just get what he has to get done and get on the dope-ass motorcycle and go away. I think it's also um, worth giving appreciation to the fact that, like, for, especially for us watching Batman every week, right, a different Batman movie, this is the most logical thing we've seen in terms of him giving up being Batman or announcing he's Batman, right? I think we've harped on that before, whereas all these other movies where they're just going to shut down the cave or he's just going to hang up being Batman, his life's crusade or whatever. The way it's forced into this, the Joker's forcing him to do it, and he's going to do it in front of everybody, like, it makes sense for why he he's trying to stop this guy that's completely unreasonable and the actual struggle he would have is Alfred's like persevere press on Batman can take this Batman can be hated by people right now because he's more than that I think it's a really interesting argument I I I guess going into this movie I've always kind of been of the mind that yes this is more of a Joker movie and we see we don't see a whole lot of Bruce Wayne but after like this is similar to Batman Begins where I hadn't seen it in a long ass time um, but I was kind of surprised by as much of Bruce Wayne that we did get with all of the, uh, with going to China, uh, to get Lao with, um, the, the detective work stuff, everything with him and, um, and Alfred. I just, I think there was a lot more Bruce Wayne than I remembered because it was such a Heath Ledger vehicle. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, this movie just, kind of blows me away every time I watch it. It blows me away more and more every time I watch it. It's so it's so well thought out and so clever and there's that's one thing I love about anything that has to do with it, when a movie can kind of wow me and show me how clever it can be with all of Joker's kind of fuckery. I just love that stuff and I think it's like this movie has that in all over the place. Again, like Tim mentioned the those sort of like uh, dual planes of action stuff that happens three times in this movie and it's awesome every damn time and it's like Nolan's just so good at doing that shit. So it's number one on the Batman list, but where does it rank on the Nolan list? Oh. Currently number one, wait, wait, Interstellar. So that's, that's it. With a, that was the vote. Number one. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Number no, one. Yeah, I'm just making sure. I can't. I can't argue that Dark Knight's not Batman. Batman Begins. I just like Batman Begins more than Batman film, but come on, it's got to go number one. Uh, number one, Interstellar. Number two, Inception. Number three, Batman Begins. Number four, The Prestige. Number five, Memento. Number six, Dunkirk. Number seven, Following. And number eight, Insomnia. I'm going to throw it out. I think this is number one. I think that this is the best movie we've ever reviewed in in review. Whoa. You're talking about Civil War in there, you know what I mean? Or what's, what's the... I'm sorry, did you not watch Endgame? Like, fucking yeah, Endgame, monster? that's what I meant to say. You not watch Endgame you Infinity War. Come on, chill out. Let's never make statements. Let's do a whole I show would say about for that. This, for, yeah, I was going to say, for Nolan, for Nolan in review, I'd put it number one as well. I would put it at number two. 
I, I still, I, I mean, I, I love, that love gravity, huh? I just love Interstellar. I love everything <laughs> that movie is. I think it's so unique, and I think it's so, it, it's just, that's more of a Nolan film. I think he did a great job with The Dark Knight, but man, when I watch Interstellar, it is so much more emotional for me on such a deeper level, and I think a lot of the science, because it is real, because he doesn't have any weird bullet magic bullshit technology in this. But he has a, the love for Because it is real. <laughs> <laughs> because it's rooted in some level of like real science no, versus Nick, that bullet, which is just complete fucking what, magic. And what about the love thing? I thought you didn't like. Hey man, it. <laughs> listen, it's, it's, it's a dimension down to itself, love. You don't yeah. know about it. You don't, don't even know. He carries on. Your dog should find up for the Joker again. Put his little fucking paw print on the car and let him fucking <laughs> <him> ride the lightning. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I, I feel like Interstellar is a phenomenal movie, but I, I just like this movie the whole time. It's it's been a little while since I've seen it. And the whole time, and I've seen it many times, it keeps me on the edge of the, my seat. And it's like, I know what's coming next, but it still has these moments that's like that are so good, but there's so many of them that, like, you'll forget some of them. Like, you know, and uh, it's this movie's some crazy kind of magic. Yeah, I, I would, fuck. I want to give extra points to Interstellar and Inception for them being these sort of, like, original concepts and just the the thought that goes behind all the writing and the creativity that those uh, movies have. But I think, like, as we were watching The Dark Knight last night, all I could think is, like, man, we're so lucky to have this movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's so hard to make something this special from from a comic book movie. And granted, yeah, there have been, like, amazing MCU re- movies. I'm not trying to take That's it away, um, the love from those. Probably. But, like, the idea that a Batman movie can be... <laughs> can be this damn good and, you know, coming from, like, Schumacher and coming from all those other movies, like, it's just, it's a fucking special movie. And I, yeah, I would put this number one. Yeah. Andy, what you, what you just said right now about, like, that, that uh, Interstellar and Inception, like, are their own things that, like, don't have a previous property that they're building on, to me, that's the craziest part of it. Like, we all have a vision of Batman, and this came in there, and even with, like, the Dark Knight comics, like, this still, like, left us all, like, whoa, it's so cool. Like, the, certain aspects of this explore the, like, the mythos in a, like, fundamentally awesome way. Yeah, it's really good, man. Hell so, yeah. Dark Knight is now number one. Uh, you can see the list there as follows. Uh, next week, we will return with The Dark Knight Rises. But before then, this week, we're also doing Conjuring oh, wow. in Review. Uh, this week we're doing The Curse of La Llorona. Now, Nick, this is a message for you and you specifically, mm-hmm. okay? There's mm-hmm. two La Llorona movies that came out in the Don't same year. Make sure you watch The Curse of La Llorona. Which one's the one with the kids in the car? That's, that's the, the Curse, curse. Okay, of La Llorona. The, watch. Okay. the other one is better, though, Nick. Okay, I'll watch them both. <laughs> I don't know if I should well, you know, no future sports. Oh, man. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, love you guys. This has been awesome. Till next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.
show is getting even crazier as we enter the multiverse, everyone. A lot of cameos in that, so you're going to have to go back and, and freeze frame some stuff. we got an appearance from Cameron Kennedy's uh, cat, Bino, and, of course, Carter Harrell's dog, Chewy. But the big one is Anthony Carboni as Broadway Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> it is my favorite thing in the world. That What's up, everyone? Good. Welcome back to Kind of Funny Spider-Man in Review Rewatch. We are rewatching all of the Spider-Man movies leading into... Spider-Man, no way home. A lot of people have been asking, are we going to do Into the Spider-Verse? No. We're saving that rewatch for next year, leading into Into the Spider-Verse 2, and I'm very excited about that as well. But we have so much to talk about on this illustrious show. Of course, I am Tim Geddes. I'm joined by the producer slash producer, Nick Scarpino. Great evening to you, Tim. The new face of video games, blessing Eddie O.E.A. Jr. Very great evening to you, Tim. And the man that's rocking a beanie better than I've ever seen any human being in the world, Anthony Carboni. Tim, I've got bad news. I got into Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> no! Don't leave me, Carboni! <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get into all of that because, of course, this is Kind of Funny Spider-Man in Review. Kind of Funny's in Review is a show that we do twice a week here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in Review, and we'll be right there for you. The week after Thanksgiving, we will return, starting with a new in review series, Matrix in Review. Um, so that will be taking the earlier in the week slot, and then later in the week will be Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm very excited to get to that one. Uh, if you wanted to get the show ad-free, you've got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers Molecule and Pranksy have done. We appreciate you all so very, very much. Today, we're talking about The Amazing Spider-Man 2. With a runtime of 2 hours and 21 minutes, it was released on May 2nd, 2014. It's the first Spider-Man film to be filmed entirely in New York and the largest film production ever in New York City. Uh, it was directed by Mark Webb and, once again, same guy from Amazing Spider-Man 1. And the music was done by Hans Zimmer, uh, but he was not alone. He was credited as the Magnificent Six a reference to The Sinister Six that is also a reference to it, this movie. Um, and that Magnificent Six is composed of Hans Zimmer, a couple of his assistants, and Pharrell Williams and yes, Jackie sir. XL. Never yes, fucking forget. Yes, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> the movie had a budget of about $250 million and a box office of $709 million, making it the ninth highest grossing film of 2014, but the second lowest grossing, or second lowest grossing Spider-Man film to date, uh, only being higher than Into the Spider-Verse, which was a goddamn shame. But to be honest, all the numbers are pretty close to each other. They're all in the seven to 800 range, with the exception of Far From Home. They crossed that Billy Mark. They all did fine. Everyone involved is fine. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Spider-Verse coming in at $375 million, which is still pretty damn good for, uh, for that type of movie. But anyway, here we are. I want to start with the one and only Nick Scarpino as the one person besides me that has previously reviewed this movie. What do you think um, about The Amazing Spider-Man 2? It's, it's not as good as the first one. Um, I think it's a little looser, and I think it falls prey to some of the, the ridiculousness of the Sam Raimi trilogy. But I enjoy watching this movie. I enjoy watching both of these movies back. And part of me at the end of this 
kind of was like, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind them doing a third one of these. I'd like to see where this goes. I'd like to see what, what MJ would be like in this universe and how he'd get over the loss of Gwen Stacy. And again, I think I keep coming back to like, I don't really remember any of the action sequences in this movie. And having just watched it literally last night, I still couldn't tell you kind of what some of the minutia of them are. But I love the back and forth between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. I, st- I think they nail the chemistry even more in this. I like their writing. And I like their relationship, and that, and I think the ending kind of hits for me. Um, other than that, it's it's just one of those things where I'm like, it kind of falls prey to the sequel problems, where you know, I mean, Dane DeHaan's character in this starts kind of likable, and and you kind of appreciate him. By the end of it, he is a comic book villain in the worst sense of the of the word. And whoever designed his makeup in this, whew, <laughs> it's like. That that was a that was a tough row on that one. Um, but there's a lot of cool stuff in this movie too. You know, I like the suit. I like the the I like seeing the Doc Ock stuff. I like the idea that we're building the Sinister Six um, to come at him. But I I I have to before I give it up before I uh, give the table back or give it, give the time back to the room rather. We got to just talk about Paul Giamatti <laughs> because if you just watched this movie, you would think. He's one of the worst actors on the planet, but he's not. He's one of the best actors on the planet. I have to – one day I'm going to ask Mark Webb when we hang out the next time, what was your direction to him? Was it just to be completely ludicrous because that's what he did in this? Tim Gettys. Uh, a little fact for you. It was Paul. It was all Paul. He's like, yo, I'm a Russian bad guy. I'm going to just do it. Can I just go for it? And they're like, go for it. Ridiculous. But that is all I have to say about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in now as the other person that has reviewed this before. Uh, I will say I was wrong about my previous ranking. After rewatching this movie, I, I feel like I was a little higher on it before than I am now. And I think I fought harder for it because of how much I love so many elements of this movie. Because what it gets right, it fucking gets right. Yeah. And it gets it so right. And there's a lot of those. But I think there's an equal and opposite reaction for every every good thing. Even, like, within a moment, there can be an amazing thing, and then something makes you go, oh, why'd you do that? And, like, that makes it tough for me. So my re-rank, I, it's still not going to be that drastic, but I would switch Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 as being uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1, I would put first, and, and this second. Because to me, we've talked a lot about how Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 are more based on the 60s Spider-Man comics. This is clearly based on the Ultimate Comics, and that is the version of Spider-Man I like a lot more. And I think that with that, this movie is a very faithful, not adaptation of that exactly, but of that style and take on it. And I think that's both good and bad, because those comics were very much, let's throw a lot of things, let's set up a lot of stuff that may pay off in the future. Uh, But this isn't a 100-plus issue comic series. This is a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and I feel like it feels less like a movie. Because as a movie, this is an unmitigated disaster. It's a total fucking mess. But as just like a, what we have now, this episodic storytelling in superhero movies, this is nowhere near as good as a lot of the Marvel movies, the Marvel Studios movies kind of nail that nowadays. But I do think that there's maybe 15 plot lines in this, and I think that while at, at the moment, Maybe only like eight of them work and the rest don't. By the end of it, without most of the others, it wouldn't work. With rare exceptions like some of the plane sequences. Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funny. I, would, I wouldn't call it an unmitigated disaster per se. I think that, that, that should be reserved for the likes of the original Suicide Squad. Um, but I do agree 100% that there's just too much going on in this. The dad plot, I keep coming back to as being the thing I like least about this movie. And I don't know why. I just... We start with this 
way over dramatic. It's insane. It's, it's, it's so brutal. And they and and you're just like I don't. It's just it's just too much. It's one step too far. But you know, for for all the natives that I'm sure we're gonna get into, the things that I love most about this are the suit is fantastic. We already know that, but. The swinging scenes are unrivaled in, in this series. They're so good. They are frequent. They happen for him to get from place to place, but also for him to fight enemies, multiple enemies. The fight scenes in this are inspired for the most part. There's rare exception. But I love that we're always seeing him use his smarts, use his webs, use his power, all of it together. And, like, we get the scene uh, at Times Square of him losing access to one of his uh, uh, web shooters and having to, like, be smart and figure out how to make that all work. That's super cool. But even in the final clock tower scene, we see him shooting a bunch of webs and using those webs to kind of like uh, gymnast off of and stuff. And I think that it's just a very well-designed Spider-Man fight scenes um, and him fighting Electro, fly- going through the whole power grid and stuff. It's like, it is very authentically Spider-Man. But even with that, there's some over-the-top moments that kind of don't fit and make me go, ugh, constantly in all of these scenes. But the opening scene, not the playing scene, but the opening scene that the movie should have started on of the spider logo turning into his back, falling, swinging, the rhino coming in, the big fight happening, how that all happens. I love that. I love the end of this movie. I love the little kid, with the, the way Spider-Man treats him. That scene is the most authentically Spider-Man thing we've seen in any of these movies. Thing. And I just feel like adding all that stuff together is so good. But then we get the and, – and then the score is fucking incredible when it's incredible, and it is intolerable when it's bad. The Times Square scene, the electro theme stuff is – Horrible. It is horrible. But the Spider-Man theme? Oh, my God. Last week, I was, like, high on the uh, ASM1 theme. This theme fucking kicks, dude, and I love how much they commit to it. This is a cartoon come to life, both good and bad. Anthony, uh, blessing out of Yoye Jr. Let's start with you. What do you think? I don't like this movie. I think this movie's bad. I like that. that it's, it's one that I think loses itself for me the more it – the more it goes on, it becomes more and more messy as they introduce more elements. And it, in in the way, I know people like people people throw this out there as like a saying, right? That like uh, Tobey Tobey Maguire was like the best of Peter Parker, and Andrew Garfield was the best of Spider Man. And I do think there's some accuracy there, as like repetitive and corny as that is to say. I think the I think Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker, I absolutely do not like. I think it's bad. I think it's I honestly think it's terrible. Like there's nothing about that Peter Parker to me that even on the level of, like, wanting to like it for their own interpretation of it, because this interpretation of Peter Parker is a bit more smooth and a bit more cool and has a little bit more Andrew Garfield to it because, like, it is really hard to make Andrew Garfield come off as, like, nerdy or incapable or whatever. Even those elements of it that feel original to this interpretation of Spider-Man, I just don't – I just can vibe with, right? Like, there's nothing there that really pulled me in in terms of Peter. Spider-Man, I think, is cool. I 